0: All right, let's go. Let's go. Bradford show. Is that the open? Brian, are you there? Let's go. What up, homie? All right. Yeah.
1: What's going on?
0: All right. It's good to hear your your voice. Ethan, good to hear your voice behind the glass. I'm at Wrigley Field. This is Rob Bradford. This is the Bradford show. I don't know if you know that, but we're going to let people know that. KJ didn't know it, Brian, right? Correct? He did not know this was the Bradford show. He did not know that the highest rated baseball show in the country was on right now. Right? Correct? Well, it is now. It is. He knows now. Let's go <laughs> Wrigley Field, wherever he, the, the Why are you so where- happy? I don't know, man. I was the happy Red Sox lost too. twice in a row to I the know. Cubs. You, are you, you aware are, of this? You Come wear, on, you were there. You, you, you wear these losses. I do, you man. Wear, I, you, really you gotta, are,
1: I really going to stop taking them so you hard. You are
0: wearing this season. Anyway, 617-779-7937, your chance to vent about these Boston Red Sox. We're going to be with you. How long are we going to be with, with these fine folks? Right? We got an
1: fine. extended show by an hour today, Rob. You know why? Because why? you're in the central time zone, so the game's later. So we have all the way until one twenty. So I, we have... I, Two I hours and I was 20 minutes.
0: I did not know I was in the Central Oh, line.
1: clearly you didn't.
0: You <laughs> ducked it gets, me the other day, man. In case people missed it, I called into Brian's show after the game the other day and I said, I'm ready to go on. And they said, the show's over. Well, what? 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 what, what, what I, I messed mess up the time. But in, in fairness to me, I was out supporting a great cause. Uh, Foundation to be named later. Hot Stove Cool Music across the street here from Wrigley. Speaking of Wrigley. This is one of the biggest topics uh, that people are around here in Wrigley in Chicago are talking about this morning, Brian. Oh, and bad. we're going to talk about the Red Sox. We're going to talk about Winkowski, your guy. What did Groundballski? Is that what you call him? There yes, go. he's I, mean, I, I, I In Toronto, I had a nice sit down with him once again about him changing from the two seamer the or the four seamer to the two seamer. Oh my goodness! I, I did it just for you. That's my birthday present to you, Brian. So um, thank you. But but I can tell you this is that. Off of the Winkowski start, and I know that this isn't, like, for a lot of people, this isn't the be all end all. It's not what we're going to talk about all the live long day today. But I do want to say this. I want to go with what people are all, like, riled up about here. Josh Winkowski had the gall to say that Wrigley Field it was no big deal and that Fenway Park was much better. I'm paraphrasing. I, actually, I don't even need to paraphrase. Ethan, do we have the sound of this?
2: Like, Richard, at Wrigley Field?
0: To be I'm a little underwhelming. I didn't really. Fenway kind of has a presence to it. I really didn't get that here, to be honest. I think it's very. I kind of said to my mom last night. This place is very stock standard. If you ask me, I don't really. I didn't really feel anything, to be honest. Kind of just felt like another ballpark. (laughs) <laughs> put put it on the bumper stickers, stock standard. Th- that is so great. And you know what? I'm going to spin this to the the performance of Josh Winkowski, the brand of Josh Winkowski, uh, which obviously Brian Barrett was in on way way early and continues to lead the charge of this. But this guy, he gets up there. You know this. He's now he's been in the rotation what for four starts. He's he's a rookie. He's 24 years old. He's pitching at Wrigley Field. A nationally televised game and he gets out there and he just shoves and then afterward he calls one of the most iconic ballparks the ballpark which I had been glowing over and saying oh, how great it was and the and the area around it was so great and everything else and he says you know it's just telling him it's stock sta- stock standard i mean why put that on the bumper stickers Wrigley Field colon stock standard man that shows what you know you know what that shows you Brian i mean that shows you in and maybe I'm getting too in the weeds with this stuff. But to me, that shows you he's, he doesn't care, man. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he's just going out pitching. He feels good about it. He's a confident guy. He expects to do well. It doesn't matter if he sees Ivy. It doesn't matter if he sees an old scoreboard. It doesn't matter if he sees, you know, uh, ho- tours uh, professing the history of this great park. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. He is going out there, and he's just throwing the two-seamer. So yeah. there you go.
1: You know what part of that I love, too, is when he says, a little underwhelming, honestly. I told my mother about this last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, she. My, in fairness, his mom probably asked the same question Ian Ian Brown asked, yeah, no. which is, hey, well, how do you feel about p- pitching at this park? Cause, you know, kind of you know, just like... felt like
1: another ballpark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> now, I will say this. Uh, let's work on fielding the position a little bit. I mean, that was not great there in the third inning. Oh, my
0: God. Are you really? alright seven nine seven nine three seven. right. 617-779-7937. Uh, weigh in on Josh Winkowski fielding his position. What no, are you I'm, doing? Dude, I'm, but I'm, what are I'm you just,
1: doing? He was tremendous last night. But here's, okay. here's the aggravating part about this, Rob. Is this guy, his, he gives up no loud contact. Everything's on the ground and the Red Sox lose. Like, the story of today should be Josh Winkowski's comments and Josh Winkowski having another outstanding outing because you could make an argument that this was his best pitching performance of the season. That's how dominant he was on the mound last night. And the Red Sox, for whatever reason right now, they can't hit. That's the problem. Yeah, but hey, before yeah. before you go into that, so okay. this is like a huge story in Chicago right now. Winkowski's comments. It is. And wow. actually.
0: I got. I got to jump off a little bit later in this hour to go on our our sister station in Chicago, the Odyssey Station, to talk this a couple minutes about it before bouncing back to you. But wait, so you're huge... leaving
1: your own show?
0: No, well, it's all one family. Okay, I mean, we're all, all right. under one all umbrella. Right. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's, it's, gotta get the stock prices up. Let's go. Is so, is that
1: guy going to come on our show too?
0: Yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, this is a big to do. This is a a big to do. And you're right. We can't ignore the fact. And this is, you know, this is going to be the meat and potatoes of the show about, you know, where the Red Sox are at, the frustrations with the Red Sox. But what to your point, what makes it even more frustrating is that you have this performance. You have another really, really good performance from Josh Winkowski. I mean, to the level, I think MLB.com had this stat where, what, 17 balls put in play and the average exit velocity was like 75 or something like
1: that? Yeah, he had I mean, a 23.5%, that... or I should say, no, even better. Yeah, 23.5%. Cool. I, I should hug. have
0: said this. Now I'm, now I'm going to get some. Some stuff rattling off your head. Yeah,
1: you're right. I mean, you set me up for this. This is your own doing. He had a 23.5% hard hit rate. Balls off the bat, 95-plus miles an hour. Four hard hit balls out of 17 batted balls. You know what his launch angle was? Negative 9.1. Hold on, hold on. Negative 9.1. Oh,
0: man, you didn't let me get the bucket of water to throw it over my head when I heard that. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Uh, Yeah, so he's good. In synopsis, he's good. In synopsis, he does not think that Wrigley feels anything special. And I do want people to sort of weigh in. I'm anxious. I don't know. Have you you've been out here? I can't remember. You, i never been you, to Wrigley, man. Okay. All right. So this has sort of been the, the – there's been a ton of Red Sox fans here. It's been a destination place. It's been a lot of fun. But, you know, this is the conversation. Like, which park is better? And I can tell you this. I mean, definitively. The outside park, Wrigley's, a million times better. A million times.
1: You I mean, mean like the area, like to party the whatnot, area, The area, there's like a
0: trillion times more things to do, bars, restaurants, and everything else. Okay? So, but the park itself, I mean, Fenway is much better. Like, I know that they're both old, but Fenway, there is it doesn't feel nearly as old as this place does. I mean, this place feels old. And, by the way, zero foul ground. It's incredible to me. From
1: New Hampshire, Dedham, in our new office.
0: Exactly. So, zero foul ground. Zero foul ground. I mean, it's... Stock standard. It, it is. What it, when, it, when it comes to foul ground, it's not even stock standard. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. So, I mean, honestly, if you look at it, if you just look at it without the history, without the ivy and all of that stuff, I hear what Winkowski's saying. Like, I look at the park. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Bradenton. It reminds me of an old spring training stadium. I mean, because that's what old stadiums are. And so it is stock standard when it comes to that. Aren't the
1: bullpens and, like not even on the field?
0: Yeah, well, they used to. I don't even know like how they did it before. It was crazy, but now they aren't even on the field. You can't even see them. Yeah, they're they're underneath everything. They can only do so much. Like Fenway, you give them a ton of credit for whatever they did because it does feel it does feel like a new park. Like Fenway Park, in a lot of respects. Having been to some of these new parks. It does feel like a new park. There is nothing that really, other than some enormous jumbotrons here, there's nothing really that makes Wrigley feel feel new. So, Josh Winkowski, I applaud you. You're right. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. Wrigley has done a good job with what they have, certainly outside and everything else. But Josh Winkowski's right. I don't think he's wrong about this. So, there you go. That's my two cents. But let's get to the baseball team. All right, you ready, Brian? Yes, the Red Sox Uh, you're talking about? the Boston rise yeah, up. Hold Red on. on okay. Hold on a second. Before we get to all the uh, all the news that might make you feel blue, Brian. oh well, Before we get to that, what do you get to say to me? McFarland. Thank you. Thank you. I want to get off on the right foot. McFarland Energy, thank you for sponsoring the Bradfoe show once again. And when we want to feel good about things, we scream McFarland. And that's what Brian did McFarland. Thank you Brian. Thank you for that. To make you, you know, Let's lower the heart rate. Feel good about yourself. Now, Brian, I am going to allow you to do what you do so well and vent about this team that's keeping you up at night. Go ahead. Well,
1: it's just been such a bad week, Rob. <laughs> Hasn't it? I mean, you go from what happened in Toronto where Tanner Houck was unavailable and you get the news – before the game the other day that, hey, Jaron Duran's going to be available to play in Toronto. He says, hey, I don't want to leave my teammates out. Okay. So then he hits a leadoff home run to begin that game. And ever since, really, Jackie Bradley Jr. came out of his 0-for-26 streak with a three-run double to make it a 4 nothing game, it's been atrocious for the Red Sox. I mean, first of all, we go to the game the other day where it was all about the bullpen. Rich Hill gets hurt. Deekman sucks. Robles was absolutely atrocious again. I don't know how much longer you can keep that guy on the damn roster. Danish gave it up as well. He was not smooth when he came into the game. And then last night, Rob, this is one of the legitimately worst pitching staffs in Major League Baseball. If you look at it from the numbers and the Red Sox managed five hits in the game. And I can't remember a time in recent history where I felt like the starting pitcher going down actually helped the team that their starting pitcher went down. It hurt the Red Sox, and it actually helped the Cubs because they got that Alec Mills guy off the mound that had a 980-70 But J.D.'s not hitting, Bogarts isn't hitting, and Story isn't hitting whatsoever. Now, I know Devers is in like a little bit of a mini slump for him. I'm not worried about him, but J.D., Bogarts, and Story, those are the three guys to me, Rob, that have got to pick it up.
0: Okay, all right. That wasn't nearly as passionate I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. Like I, I feel like you're you're still semi optimistic. I feel like that even though they've lost two, even though they they have uh, lost that series in Toronto, that Brian Barrett, the vitriol and the hatred and the an- anxiety and all of it. Is still being masked by the fact that you are covered in optimism. Well, because are, last night you are cloaked in o- the optimism of before the Toronto. Yeah,
1: series. well, because last night, Rob, it wasn't the Achilles heel that showed up for the Red Sox right now. You had the issues with the fielding in the third inning. The Red Sox have been a good defensive team. The Achilles heel for this team, we all know, is the bullpen. That was the story yesterday morning after the game. So that's the thing that really irritates me about this team is the guy running the organization did nothing in the offseason to give Alex Corr stability and known entities out in the bullpen, and he's equipped him with a super soaker for a gunfight late in, ga- late in games. He does not have nearly enough weapons there. So that's my issue the other well, night. Yesterday, is just like, this is the offense that you're supposed to rely on, and I don't know what has happened to Bogarts. I believe he's hurt. I don't know if you do, but yeah, I think yeah. he's dealing no, listen, with something. Listen,
0: I think, I think his shoulder's banged up. I think his wrist's banged up. You know, But I, I will say this. You know, you look at yesterday's game, or yesterday as a whole, besides the, besides the Josh Winkowski quote. Uh, but I think there was a couple big takeaways. If you want to, and maybe this is the feel-good version of the Brad Bradfoe show heading into the series finale before they come home. But you have the pregame news about Whitlock, that he's going to the bullpen, which we already knew, but Cora officially said that. So you have potentially some solution there. And then you have the Winkowski news, which is him being good. Which you absolutely need. You desperately need that because Avaldi's yeah. still a ways away. I mean, he threw 35 pitches in the bullpen yesterday. You have Sale like a week and a half or a week away, whatever, a week and a half away. You have, uh, you know, you, you have, now you have Rich Hill who's on the injured list. You know, let, let's take a step back here and understand like, how much of the starting rotation you don't have. And, and now you're moving one of the guys that was filled in the starting rotation who was hurt. He's going to the bullpen. So thank you, Josh Winkowski, for actually being good. I mean, thank you. And, and so it, it also allows them to put Whitlock where he belongs. We all believe that. But, but, but. If we take a step back and we look at the big picture with this team, I'm here you. You're scratching where I age, Brian. I mean, like they they have to forget about these games against the Cubs, forget about where they are by the way. They're still right now in the wild card uh whatever you call, well, how you would phrase that. Like you're you're in the wild card mix, right? You're yeah. you're a wild card team. The Blue Jays are a half game up on them. Red Sox would be the second wild card game and then uh the Rays, they're just behind there. They're a game behind. So um but you know i think that if we look at the big picture of this which is what we should do we say okay uh coming off the cleveland series we said this team can win this team can win this team can win but they got to add they got to add they got to add i think it's the same thing i think nothing has changed but you still have to you have to you can't be blind to all this stuff so let's break this down where at this take a step back everybody lower the heart rate brian's here I'm here. We're here for you, okay? We're heading into July 4th, which to me is the meat and potatoes of baseball season. Forget about the all-star break. July 4th is the meat and potatoes of the baseball season. It's a beautiful day here at Wrigley. Is it nice there, Brian?
1: It's pretty nice now. Yeah, sun's out. We're ready to go, man. Last night was not great. Today's nice. The
0: the great game of baseball is about to be played. We're here. So let's have some educated conversation while ranting and raving about whether you think Wrigley or Fenway Park is better. 617-779-7937. Here's a trend from Brian.
3: The Greg Hill Show. Weekdays, 6 to 10. Now,
0: here's what's trending on WEEI.
1: All right, training now on WEI and WEI.com. And by the way, Rob, I just got a text from Will Fleming. He says the trop is the best ballpark in Major League Baseball. Oh, so, I mean, Fleming he just, he
0: just walked in the booth here. He yeah, didn't Will, tell me that. Will
1: Fleming, he's telling me that the trop's the best park.
0: Uh, I mean, that's up for conversation.
1: We, we, <laughs> I listen, say that we, facetiously. We, you know how mad uh, well, you know how mad him and Joe get when they're
0: calling games well, at the trop? Well, <laughs> I, I can tell you this it's one of the best places to work, and that's all I care about. So there you go. I'm a selfish human being.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. The Sox fell All to right, the d- Cubs three d- to one. Do you Let's go. <laughs> the Sox fell to the Cubs three to one. Josh Winkowski took the loss despite giving up just one earned in six innings. He did have a bad throwing hour. The Sox and the Cubs play the last of their three game set in Chicago this afternoon. The Sox are looking to avoid a sweep. I cannot believe I'm saying that. 2-20 first pitch across the Shaw's and Star Market. WeI Red Sox Network. Shaw's and Star Market. Perfecting the art of fresh. You can tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 1.20 with yours truly, sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitMA.com. The Revs will host FC Cincinnati tonight. And how about this? Yahoo's Chris Haynes reporting that the Nets and the Lakers are actively engaged in Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook trade talks. Why would the Nets want Russell Westbrook? That guy stinks. Yeah, Yeah. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
4: Yeah, screaming for McFarl- the
1: McFarland. McFarlane,
0: McFarlane, McFarlane. Nice flat.
1: When you <laughs> need your energy, go to McFarlane <laughs> Energy.
0: Uh Wiggy, the, <laughs> gift, the gift that keeps on giving. That was Jermaine Wiggins and uh, a little bit of Courtney Cox from the Greg Hill Show. I love how, like, in the middle, that Courtney's obsessed with the hat that I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was wondering what uh, she was talking about. Yeah, she likes my, my flat brim. Uh, this is what I'm known for. Hello, fellow kids. You get style. Hello, fellow kids. Let's go skateboarding. Uh, I'm Rob Bradford along with Brian Barrett. This is the Brad Show. And, you know, it, first of all, thank you, Wiggy, uh, for screaming McFarlane. We want people to feel good about themselves. And when we want that, we, and we feel that that has to be done, then we yell McFarlane. And I think that we're, as we're going through this, Brian, I, I, I could tell by the tone of your voice that you know that it's okay. It's okay. It's not in the words of Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And and certainly even though they they are on the verge of getting swept by the Cubs, this is not the same feeling that you had before. It I think maybe part of it Brian is because you know, you do have potential help on the way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about Whitlock, we talk about Sale, we talk—we haven't even talked about Bayo, who I, I believe is going to make a, an appearance some point this week. So all of it, you know, it's—I—I I, I think it's okay. It's okay.
1: There, yeah, you know. but let me—can I ask you a question though, Rob? You may. Okay, so. I'm with you. There's reason for optimism in terms of Whitlock going back to the bullpen and things will kind of sort itself out. You're going to get Chris Sale back, and Sale looks way better than he did last year at his rehab starts. And I get it. It's a rehab start, but he looked way better. The velocity's up. Cora's reference. He's got his changeup and all that. So I'm excited about what's going to happen in the near future. But I just can't get around the fact that we're in this spot that the Red Sox bullpen the other night was so bad again, and I just can't comprehend because – Heim Bloom, I like a lot of the moves he's made. He's really good. The Pavetta trade is unbelievable. Picking up with luck, cetera. We can go through him. He's really good at his job. But I just don't get the lack of attention he put on the bullpen in the offseason. And look, he hit on Schreiber. He hit on Strom. But those were shots, right? You were not planning those guys to be massive high leverage guys to the point that Strom pitched 41 pitches the other day. And Schreiber had worked eight out of fourteen days, so you got to be careful with those guys because you need them to get to the finish line. So my question to you is this, Rob:
0: Yes, why what is your doesn't question?
1: he sign guys of the off season? with proven track records when they're available. Like those options are out there for you. Why didn't he do that? I just don't understand. He knew this was an issue. Why didn't he sign well, anybody with know, a known track it's, record? It's
0: interesting because you go to, you know, we hear about the Tampa model, right? When it comes to I think ultimately what you want to get to is a Dodgers model. But right now you're living life as a Tampa model. And the Tampa model is you look at their bullpen and their bullpen arms and how they built those bullpens. And don't give me the payroll. I think that there's an element, and you go to 2020 with the way he did things, is you sign a lot of guys. You see a little bit here. You see a little bit there. If we tweak this or we tweak that, we think it can work. And, and you're not, not going to pay. I mean, look at, you know, dude, like, look at the White Sox. Like, what the, look at the White Sox did. I mean, Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman, Kelly, I mean, that's a lot of money. The Yankees usually spend a lot of money on their bullpen. And I I agree with you. I mean, you have to pay for certainty. And and the weird thing is, what is Brian? What is the one time they did pay for certainty in the bullpen? Matt Barnes? Matt Barnes. Yeah, and, that wasn't very that, certain. No, no, but that, but that was like okay, yeah. you know, we think we're gonna, we, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna get out ahead of the market with this guy. He's gonna be a free agent. He's blowing guys away, and then it, it backfires. So you give him credit for a lot of, the, you know, the developing Schreiber yeah. and Strom. And he all deserves this. a but, ton of credit for that. But but you're but you're right. I mean, I think that I don't care if Whitlock's going there. I you still have to go get the guy. You still right. have to go get a guy that you know. And 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 you know who another guy that they invested in last year who's having a great year this year? Aravino. Like yeah, he is. I mean, you you actually paid money. You took on his money and you basically got for you didn't have to give up anything. So you took on his money and you paid for certainty and the closest they came to that really was Diekman. but to your point and I know that you cringe every time you hear that name, but it's you know. Every, it, He is not what Ottavino has been. Well,
1: and you see, that's the issue, Rob. So that's the one guy you really invested in terms of a two-year, $8 million contract, right? And he has the second-worst walk rate in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, the reality is the guy's walking nearly 18% of batters. I mean, occasionally mix in a strike, would you? I mean, just once in a while. Do us a favor and mix it a strike. But that's my thing is, okay, so with all these fines, if he just got one guy, like say it was Tapera or Colin McHugh, who we know the Red Sox liked, right? They signed in 2020. If they just had one guy with a known track record in this bullpen with this group, We'd be feeling really good but, about the team. Yeah, right but
0: now. you see, so like talking to Colin McHugh in spring training, he said the Red Sox were interested, but he got sick of waiting around. I mean, those are almost his words. He's mm. like, you know, at some point you have to. And this comes back to you know the old Red Sox, where if they wanted a guy, they were going to get him. They're right. going to overpay and get him. Hey, do we have Jeff and Wa- Jeff and Watertown up yet?
1: Yeah, we're already loaded, man. The lines oh, are full. Okay. All Jeff all right, is then, here.
0: All right, so let's let's go. You're you're at the controls of the calls here, oh, okay. back in Brighton. So let's go to Jeff and Watertown. Hey, Jeff, how you doing?
4: Hey, guys, how are you doing? Um, I didn't look yet this morning. Has Shaughnessy Shaughnessy ridden his Wrigley Field versus Fenway Park uh, calling yet? uh,
0: No, he's vaccine calling. We
4: have have Lord Hobo, 617. uh,
0: Here's my controversial take because I'm sitting in Chicago and they're not going to like it. Winkowski's right, man. Like, he's right. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong from a player's perspective. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's a whole new generation. They don't have any respect for the old ways. They, 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 they want the modern amenities. <laughs> That's it's true. It's a whole new generation. But, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to go back to your column a couple of weeks ago about Heim and Bloom and, and talking to other GMs. And we talked about this yesterday. Like, like Brad Stevens, to me, he's Brad the Builder. Like, like I, I feel like I know what this man is doing. He's got a lot of Dave Dombrowski in him. He kind of identified what we need. and went out and he's getting it and he's yep. getting it done. So I'm hoping that Heim Bloom. He's paying attention to that. Brad the builder, you know, he's he's doing it. Um and Haim's gotta do it. Now, you know, I've been I'm like you uh Brian. I I, I have questions about Haim Bloom, but there are things that that he's accomplished, you know, he, the, the the farm system, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're excited, there's real reason, there are players down there, you can't you know he's managed to integrate players while winning, you know, while staying competitive. That's something I was you know, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. They kept mm-hmm. they kept winning. Um, you know the the Tuesday night game in Toronto that's the killer because you
0: know that game oh, they, the they should have the won worst loss worst loss of the year Yeah, worst loss year.
4: absolutely because it, that's two out of three. you know if they win that game and they should have won that game and if if uh, he was vaccinated we would have won that you know i think we would have won that game um so that's the one that really hurts because like you said the cubs you know in it's just it's an old park i don't care like it's just that was the game that hurts <laughs> But but I do have to point out, I did have to point out in that game Tuesday night that we actually saw Franchi Kader a bunt for a base hit, then steal second and score. I don't think I've seen that since Jerry Remy played for the Red Sox. Um, so so that's an exciting you know, exciting thing there. But but the question that, that, that High and Bloom still has to answer is can he make the move the the big move to get people in here when we need them? Not not two weeks down the line, not a month from now. Not when we're out of, you know, contention and have to fight to get back in contention. No, you know, this is this is the one thing on the checklist that he has not shown us yet that he can do. That's because back to timing, getting the piece you need when you need it, and 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 we and we need outside help right now, and and Bloom has to get it.
0: Yeah, you know, and and Jeff, thanks for the call. It's always good to hear from you. And you know, I, I go back to the column that I wrote a couple of weeks ago. And it seemed maybe obscenely early to say this, but to make your move now, to make your move. And usually it's not done, the trade deadline move. The trades aren't done in in mid to early June. But looking back at it, Brian, it was right. I mean, it was right because you needed needed that guy. Yeah, sure, they were winning and they went on a winning streak. But what happened? The games that they lost and have lost has been because they didn't get exactly what we're talking about getting, which is the defined 8th or ninth inning veteran reliever.
1: Yeah, and that's where I look at, Rob. I feel like they're in a bad position when it comes to that because of this reason, is if I'm one of these teams, if I'm the Pirates with Bednar, if I'm the Cubs with Robertson, any of these relievers, Kansas City with Barlow, right, I'm waiting because – I know that when we get closer to the trading deadline, that's what every contending team is looking for, more arms in the bullpen. So it doesn't really behoove those teams unless Heim, Bloom and the organization completely wow over another team. Like your package is going to have to be significant now because if it's not, why would the other team make the offer now when they can play three or four teams against each other? So really yeah. you're paying a, a, a bigger price than you want to.
0: And, and, and you go back and you talk about timing of it all. And I give, you know, obviously what Jeff is talking about and we've talked about before, which is you know, last year, didn't read the room. You had the uncomfortable couple of weeks in August, really uncomfortable couple of weeks in August. They were able to figure it out and go from there. But he, what he did do in terms of reading the room correctly or reading the market correctly is a Pavetta trade, right? Yes. I mean, that was that trade in the bizarre two-month season, that trade was done a week before the trade deadline, which is basically the equivalent of the month before, or like a month and a half before the trade deadline, because why? Because the Phillies were so desperate, they were so desperate that they were, they had no relievers after three weeks of the season, they had no relievers, and they're like, okay we're going to take advantage of this, boom, here we go and and I it, obviously you have to flip positions here, but you have to figure it out. you have to strike why the iron is maybe not hot, but whatever, what temperature it needs to be to get the right guy. I mean, and to me, it's like you, you got to do it. No matter when it is, Brian, you can't just say, oh, Whitlock's going there, Bayo's there. Like, to me, you still have to do it.
1: Yeah, and even with, to your point, all those guys coming back, I feel like one of the underrated things, and I brought it up before, Rob, with you, I believe on the pregame show, maybe last week, but one of the other underrated things about last year's deadline is ultimately Heimblum was right. He got it right with Schwarber, and Robles turned out to be really good. But what happened after the trading deadline, Rob? Uh, The team sucked.
0: Yeah, they sucked. Remember,
1: okay, so now we're talking about, all right, yeah, you have all these reinforcements coming back, I just hope. That Bloom doesn't look at the Whitlock back to the bullpen thing and say, okay, well, this is our big move. We're getting an elite reliever, and we're putting him back into the bullpen. I hope he doesn't look at it that way, and he goes out and he gets another Robles, so to speak, where it's an under-the-radar type of move, an underwhelming move, because we saw the effect that that could have in the clubhouse. And we can argue whether or not it should, because this team was trying to win a World Series last year, and they shouldn't react that way, but the reality is it happened. It did. There was no way around it. There was a massive letdown with this team after the trading deadline. And High Bloom has to factor in that human element with this team. And he cannot allow that to happen again. And God damn it, can he take advantage of having <laughs> hey, one of the best? Yeah, be-
0: now we're talking. Well, <laughs> so I'm, let's I, go. Look,
1: Rob, he's got one of the be- <laughs> best tacticians in the sport. You could argue the best. And he's going out there the other day after Rich Hill gets hurt. What are his options? A Danish Robles, You gotta get well, uh you gotta get go, this draw that throws forty one pitches. I mean, come this, on.
0: This is why I say it was the worst loss of the season, because literally you talk about Danish. Literally you, you didn't pitch a guy for five days because you're try you know that you have to pitch this guy, Tyler Danish, for two innings. You know, in one oh. game. So all right, all right, Brian. Let's get to one more call before the break. What's going on? All right,
1: Owen and Westford. What's up, Owen?
3: Hey, how you doing? Hey Good. Owen that's what I call? I mean, I know the uh, the bullpen's kind of struggling. I like a few of the guys, Shriver, and I guess Danish can be okay and stuff. But I hope they don't settle on um, Franchi and Dahlbeck as a first baseman because even though Franchi's doing pretty good, I don't think they're the answer. And I mean, he's JBJ for his last forty. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, he's gonna, but I don't know if he's uh, you're gonna go file with a guy like that at first base. Maybe, maybe not.
2: All and right, JBJ.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, he hit a double. He cleared the bases, but he should only be at defensive purpose. He maybe give a guy a day off now and then, but he can't be keep on playing Jackie Bradley and these other guys that it just are change the lineup a little bit or something. All
0: right, Owen, thanks for the call. Listen, uh, first of all, they're going to keep playing Jackie Bradley because we talk about the Tampa model. They prioritize. It's like the Margot, Gear, Meyer, uh, Arenado. All right, there you go. I mean, they're willing to eat some of the offense to have a really good defensive outfield. but I don't want to go down that road yet. Lou brought this up when I was on with them the other day, and it's a good point, which is, you know, you can say you can point to the hard hit rate with Franchi and and Dahlback, you know, showing a little bit of signs of life here and there. But one thing that you don't have, you don't have a guy that can field the ball at first base, like in late in an important game. And it seems like a small thing. We know it's not a small thing because the Red Sox won a World Series in 2004 by getting that guy. But, you know, you have to get, like, an answer there. And, and maybe, along the way, get more consistent offense from that position. Yes or no, Brian?
1: Yeah, I'm not as well worried about that as everybody else is as it pertains to first base. I, the defense thing is real, though, and maybe that's part of the reason that Arroyo got reps there at one point. Maybe that's part of it is maybe Arroyo could be somebody that can switch over there, but it is true. I mean, if you look at the Red Sox the past couple of years, are, Bobby Dalback is last in defensive run saves the past two seasons, so he's not only not hitting, of course, he's not a good defensive first base. In fact, he's a horrendous defensive first baseman as well. So it is a major thing. And like, I can't really blame Franchi for some of the issues he has in the field because he's just learning the position. But yeah, I don't think they need a big move at first base, but it is an interesting point in terms of the defense. Do you think maybe they're looking at Arroyo that way?
0: No. No. No, not at I mean, all. I, I mean, poor Arroyo, man. Like he, he has this monster game, and he barely plays. It's crazy. So anyway, we can get to that, but we got to take a break. Brian's going to be with you for the next segment. I'm going to jump on after that. Beautiful day here at Wrigley Field. A beautiful day. We've been so blessed with all this weather. Unbelievable. It's been a great, great series. Been a great road trip, but you know, not not necessarily for the Red Sox. But that leads us to Brian Barrett's vitriol. Brian Barrett's passion. He's going to get. He's going to yeah, be. I shouldn't starting... have
1: said that. My mom's going to be very mad at me. My mother listens uh, <laughs> a lot.
0: I listen, you can't control yourself. At the
1: GD, I shouldn't have said I, that. That's I am Sorry, Mother on Sunday too. On be... Yes, Sunday. I know. She is going to be so mad at me. <laughs>
0: Oh, I feel you know, really bad about and, saying and, that I'm going to drop another Goodwill hunting reference The music just owned you Alright, the music just owned you Alright, 617 nine seven nine three seven. This is the Bradford Show
1: Alright, we're with you up until Red Sox pregame, then we'll take you I'll take you up until pregame or take you up until the first pitch as the Sox look to avoid a sweep in Chicago. By the way, that is a real thing that Rob brings up. He said he talked to Lou about it the other day. The defense at first base late in games, that could be an issue. Bobby Dalback has been legitimately the worst defensive first baseman by defensive run saves over the past two years in Major League Baseball. So that is a real thing to look forward to or not look forward to at the end of the season. I'm just not making a big move for a first baseman considering the number one prospect in your organization. Of course, he's been dealing with an injury, and Tristan Castus plays first base. I'm not saying he's going to be up in the near future or anything like that, but I wouldn't give up a lot in the farm system to acquire a first baseman. Now, maybe if Daniel Bard is the reliever that this team goes after, maybe you say, hey, what about C.J. Crone?" I mean, maybe you do that if you're high Bloom six one seven 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 7937 the number. Let's get to Wally in Fall River. Hey, Wally.
2: Yeah, what's up? Uh, that I think Brad mentioned it, that uh, Pittsburgh reliever, Ben Nash, he's the one I'd really go after. But, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of other teams after him, too. Like you guys said, you'd have to give up a lot. But, uh, you know, this road trip started off good, 3 know. Now it's going down the tubes. The fun's going to start tomorrow, Brian. You know, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> You got sale come back, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I hope he does, but you're not going to get a lot of innings, six, seven innings out of him. The same with Paxton. There's still unknown qualities as far as this year. But, uh, Hein Bloom, he's got to do something for the morale of this club. I mean, there's about, what, four teams all bunched together in the wild card. But, uh, realistically, as, at first base, right field, I mean, you're not getting that much production when you consider everything. I mean, one one name that intrigues me is Joey Votto. I mean, he takes a lot. He's, he's a good, solid defensive player. I don't know how many years he has left on his contract. I think you could get him cheap.
1: Yeah, maybe you could, Wally. I appreciate the call. I don't believe they're going to make a big move for a position player. And I get it, Votto's long in the tooth, so to speak. But I don't believe they make a big move for a position player. Like, last year, that was a glaring need, right? They needed... Production from the left side of the plate that could also play first base. Now, Schwarber couldn't really play first base, as we would find out. I mean, he did better than you thought he would do for a guy that's really, quite frankly, never played there. But the overwhelming point is you needed his bat. With this team right now, I don't look at this and say they need a bat because of the fact that Jaron Durant's hit the ball really well. Ref Snyder looks really good at the plate. Franchi Cordero has been tremendous as of late. He's 15 for his last 40. That's 375. He's absolutely clobbering the ball right now. And everything off his bat rockets. His hard hit rates north of fifty five percent during that time He's off the balls, off the bat rather ninety five plus miles an hour. And Kike Hernandez has got to come back. He swung yesterday, so at some point Kike back in the equation again. My concern is not with the offense, first base defense that is an issue, but the bigger issue, as we all know, the priority is they need depth in that bullpen. You're going to get guys back, but they still need an arm from the right side. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The number. Let's get to oh boy. David in Florida. David, what's going on, man?
3: Good morning, doctor. Uh, After meeting, I should call you.
1: <laughs> How are you?
3: Uh, I'm fabulous, thank you. Now I'm going to ask you a question, and oh, I don't want you to get in an uproar. I don't want you to go ballistic on I me. Mean, I just so is this going to be a dumb
1: question? Up. Then I mean, you're telling me not to get mad. No, so this, okay.
3: No, no, it's not dumb at all. I just want to know. I I can't find it on the internet. I want to know how many errors Devers had last year after 77 games and how many he – and right now I believe he's, he, has he has 11, 11 on right the now. season. Yes,
1: he has 11 right now. Yep. Yeah. So what did he I have last year after – I don't know what the I, – I don't know exactly what he had after 77 games. I would have to go through his game log to determine that. But on the season, he had 22.
3: All right, 22. So, so you know what? So then he's on pace to break his record. He's on pace to break it right now. All he needs is one more before the All Star game, and, so what's you know? the
1: point? What's the point, David? He has improved but, defensively. You would admit that he's getting to way more balls than he was a season ago. Bottom line, he still has eleven errors. But, uh, but moving on, I mean, what, there's, again,
3: I mean, I've been preaching since the beginning of time defense, and as Bradford just said a few minutes ago. They never would have won an O four if they didn't make that blockbuster trade to get Minkiewicz, and yet, and yet they're still try, trying to fix the four square pegs and round holes with Frenchie at first base. Uh, I mean, you got to surplus a talent offensively. So what is I waiting for? What is you think that's I, the biggest I, I issue is
1: defense? You think the Red Sox' biggest issue right now is their defense? Of course pitching uh yeah i also think you need a starter to, to assume a that starter chris why Stills do you need a starter like
3: because the, the, yes the starting pitching is is good but now they got another injury with hill and to assume that to assume we all know what happens when you assume right to assume that chris hill is going to come back and be fabulous is a big assumption
1: okay uh, but I mean, david you in, still in have 16- you have michael walker you have Nick Pavetta, Nate Avaldi's coming back, Sale, as you said, okay, even if you're not guaranteeing Sale, you still have Josh Winkowski. You have Brian Bayo down at the AAA level. I just look at the starting rotation, and Rich Hill's got an MCL sprain. It's not like he's going to torn knee or anything along those lines. I just look at this rotation right now, and I don't look at that as is the issue. The bullpen is the issue, and the defense is definitely not the big issue with this team. The Red Sox this season are seventh in defensive runs saved. So they have improved dramatically no. defensively. You would have to acknowledge that, but to say they need a starter, yes, I don't see that.
3: Well, well, one thing about the bullpen: yes, the bullpen has been the the, the elephant in the room. But it, it would be nice if 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 if, there, if offensively we could hit more situationally and give the bullpen a little more.
1: A little more. Well, yeah, that's been the problem. Uh, that, that's been the problem in Chicago, David, and I appreciate the call, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. David is right. About, I can't believe I'm saying this. David is right about that, is that the lineup, the offense, has been the issue in Chicago. We saw it yesterday. They had five hits. Josh Winkowski, the Cubs in the game yesterday, they hit one ball north of 100 miles an hour. Okay, and they won the game somehow. So, yes, yesterday was about the offense only putting up one run. And I mentioned this to Rob earlier. The fact that their starting pitcher, Alec Mills, went down, who's one of the worst guys out there. I mean, the guy throws batting practice, 980 ERA. RA. So the fact that he went down early in that game, right, after the Rafael Devers, shouldn't have been a double, but it was a double, after that hit from Rafael Devers, he goes down. It was actually <laughs> the Cubs caught a break right there. But the reality is, right now, three guys they need to get going are three of your most important players. And that's... Trevor Story, J.D. Martinez, and Xander Bogarts. like, right now, Verdugo has been their best offensive player for some time now. And I'm not concerned about Devers or anything along those lines. But J.D., on the road trip, 6 for 34. That's 176. He has 11 strikeouts. That's a 28.9% strikeout rate. He has one extra base hit. Not good enough. This is J.D. Martinez. This is the guy hitting third in your lineup. You look at Bogart's during this stretch. 5 for 26. He's hitting 192. He has one extra base hit. That's not good enough. And Story is 6 for 28. He's hitting 214. He has 10 strikeouts at a 32.3% strikeout rate. And here's the thing that is really getting concerning about Trevor Story. And I'll get back to Bogarts in a second because I think Bogarts is hurt. If you look at Trevor Story on the season, and we knew there was a lot of swing and miss when the Red Sox acquired him. That's in his track record. He's a super big launch angle guy. That's part of the equation. His launch angle is just under 20%. So... You do at times when you have a big launch angle like that, you have a hole in the swing up at the strike zone, and the game plan is out on Story. Throw him fastballs. So if you look at it on the season, Story is now striking out 31.1% of the time. That is 150th out of 157 qualified hitters. Think about that. 150th out of 157 qualified hitters. We knew he was going to strike out a lot, but this is alarming You look at his whiff rate, so that essentially just tracks how often are you swinging and missing when you actually swing. 30.7%. That's 136th of 157 hitters. So, And then you look at the fact that I told you what the game plan is against Story right now, which is really troubling because there is a blueprint on how to get Trevor Story out. He is seeing 53.4% fastballs. That's the 24th highest rate in all of Major League Baseball. So teams are saying, hey, we can get Story with fastballs. Just keep peppering him with fastballs. Remember last year, teams did this to Rafael Devers for a while. The Houston Astros were the team that started it. And then he, of course, came out of it and he, he murders fastballs. But it's, this is a real game plan that teams are utilizing against Trevor Story. And the reason is Story is just hitting 203 in at-bats that end in fastballs. So until he starts proving that he can actually do damage and actually put the ball in play against heaters, he's going to continue to get this. And look, it wasn't a big problem yesterday because he got a guy throwing 89, 90 miles an hour. But this is something that is really important at the end of games when we know every guy out there in the bullpen Well, I should say every team out there, they have guys that can throw 97, 98, 99 miles an hour. And with Trevor Story, he can't get to that. He has proven so far this year, he cannot get to that. It's a major concern. And then if you look at the Bogart situation, here are the numbers on Bogart. So Bogart has not homered since June 3rd. That's a long time. (laughs) This is July 3rd. This is July 3rd. He hasn't homered since June 3rd. And during that stretch, he's been able to hit the ball. He's got the most ground ball hits in Major League Baseball. But if you look at the numbers, during that stretch he's still hitting 315 and he has a 392 on-base percentage. You say, "Okay, yeah, that's great." And it is. But he's slugging 393 and he has a 785 OPS during that stretch. And if you look at him pre-June 3rd, similar in terms of the average and the on-base percentage, 325 and a 394 on-base percentage, during that stretch though, he slugged 492. And he had an 886 OPS. That's why I mentioned, I believe he's dealing with something. In terms of an injury situation there. Now we know he was banged up from a wrist situation in spring training. He had a shoulder issue earlier this season. He's had wrist issues it feels like for the past couple of years. So I do really wonder if he's injured. Because he is getting no power on anything he's hitting. If you look at like the hard hit balls way down to compared to where he was pre-June 3rd. And the reason I just do the June 3rd is that's his last time that he actually hit a home run. But everything's on the ground with him right now. And he tends to do that. Anyway, but 54.9% of his batted balls are on the ground. That's the ninth highest rate in Major League Baseball during that stretch. So it's these guys, it's JD, it's Story, and it's Bogarts that they really need to get going. I mean, think about where is this team without Alex Verdugo last month? And in particular, they don't win a game in Toronto without Alex Verdugo because he basically carried the offense in that one win where he drove in four of the runs. So where are they right now without Verdugo? They have Now, Verdugo is sort of... Been able to be the guy that Bogarts and J.D. were for the majority of the season. But they need more production from those guys. And right now, J.D. is in a massive funk. Story has had one really good stretch all season long. And Bogarts, to me, this is a health concern. And it doesn't feel like he's the same guy right now in terms of his ability to actually do damage. He's still, as you see, I mean, the numbers are there from an average and an on-base perspective. He's still getting to balls. He's still making contact. He's still been productive while well, he's had the power outage but you need some of the power numbers from a guy hitting third in your lineup all right 617-779-7937 the number with you all the way up until pregame and then I'll take up until first pitch at 220 Rob Bradford will come back next he's had to hop over to one of our sister stations in Chicago because they're all pissed off that Josh Winkowski basically said that Wrigley Field was a dump we'll get into all that next here in EI
0: I'm back. I'm back, Brian. What back. up, kid? Back bigger than ever. How was the segment? Good?
1: It was very good. We got into Bogart's story, J.D.
0: Well, i tell you what.
1: Somebody Bo- called. They hate Devers. You know who that is?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Boots in the Ground Bradfoe Show uh, had to like talk. I, once again, what did they want to talk about in Chicago? What did they want to talk about, Brian?
1: Winkowski.
0: They are fired. Stock up, standard. Up. By the way, stock-
1: yeah. Tyler Devitt, our producer here for uh, he, the afternoon, mad. he is mad. He's very mad. He texted me. I hate Josh Winkowski. He can kick rocks. Well, he's great, stock standard. He says, the, the... "Wow." <laughs>
0: so uh, so far, he is not stock standard. The opposite, in fact. The uh, he's ground I'll, ballsky. That's what I'll he say. Is. That he is ground, don't you ever denigrate ground ground, ground ballsky, but. You know, it was good that I workshopped that, that little conversation with the Chicago people because I do think we hit on the hit the nail on the head when it came to that comment from Winkowski, which is, you know, these guys and maybe it was Jeff from Watertown that brought it up. Like these guys, like the younger players, he's twenty four years old. There's no concept of this, like, or there's very little concept of it. It's about is the clubhouse big? You know, is is the foul? Is there a lot of foul ground? It, it, there's the, it's, there's no concept right. of the history of it. It's yeah, you can go take a picture of soaking yourself in the ivy if you like, but still the the stands are small. Um, you know, it, it's just different. Yes, now, I, 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 yeah, was, I was
1: just going to ask you this, Rob, because you you I believe you were covering the team at this point, but. I wonder if, like, facing the Red Sox back in 03-ish, 04-ish, let's say 04 when they won the World Series and they had Schilling and they had Pedro. Like, Pedro is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, pitcher of his generation. And Schilling was the best big-game pitcher of his generation, arguably. And I have to imagine it was just so frustrating to face Derek Lowe because he's not like Pedro, he's not like Schilling, but everything that you hit off him is on the ground, right? right. So it's like, okay, we're not going to beat Pedro, we're not going to be Schilling now, we got to deal with Derek Lowe. I'm wondering if Winkowski's that same thing, right? Because like, his sinker's nasty, his slider is nasty, but it's a very different approach, especially in this era of baseball that we're in.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? They, they, and good job of pivoting away from the Wrigley Field versus Fenway Park talk. Oh, but, sorry. Uh, it's it's yeah i' it's okay you're obsessed with Josh Winkowski but it, it, rightfully so it's a you're you hit the nail on the head where in this day and age of baseball they were telling guys not to throw two seamers I mean they were telling them yeah Rick Rick Porcello was a great two seam guy and they had they were all up in his kitchen about. Throwing the four seamer. Like, what are you doing? Well, you got to elevate high with a the fastball, then you got to drop down with a the, with the breaking ball. And and to your point, I mean, holy mackerel. I mean, he's getting out. You get out. And what's remarkable, and I know that this scratches right where you itch, Brian. I know that we brought it up, but it is amazing with the fact that Winkowski, even though he was okay last year, they trade for this guy, and he's a four seam guy. I mean, he's throwing his four seamer. Like, all the time. And then, at the very end of the year, someone convinced him to try to throw your two-seamer. And then, his agency gets involved and said, hey, you know what? Here are the numbers. You guys start throwing your two-seamer. And it completely changes the guy's career. I'll say it. It changed his career. It's crazy. And how is, like, nobody,
1: whoever told him that in his agency, and that was a great scoop. You had a couple of weeks. I remember when you said that. But how is no team called whoever's in his agency and told him to do that? Like, wouldn't you want that guy
0: on your staff? He's probably making more money as an agent. Yeah, but you know the, the, that's the thing about agencies, and I got to go look up who his agent is. But, but now I mean they have so much information because they have to be armed with information. They have to know all this stuff. I mean, obviously, Boris is the example of that, but there, all the agencies are this way. It's not just like, hey, pay yeah. my guy a lot of money. No, I mean they have to do that. They have to they, these make the agent, case. Yeah, well, these agents also, their jobs are to, like, put their guys in the best position to succeed. Joshua is not coming up for any sort of financial boost for a, a long, long time, right? You no. Know. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, okay, we're going to put you in the best position to succeed, to have a good career, and then when we get your good career in six years, boom. You'll, oh, you'll Rob, sure.
1: and as I rip time bloom earlier for the lack of arms he's equipped core with, which is an embarrassment, but in terms of the bullpen, Credit where credit's due. Who was Josh Winkowski traded for? He was in the Benintendi trade, right? Everybody just says Franchi. He was in the Benintendi trade, too, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. You are correct. I just want to get that out there because I have to hear all the time. Listen,
0: I mean, we said this last year. We were railing on it last year when, you know, Franchi was struggling. And Winkowski, even then, was looking good. I mean, he looked good when I first saw him in spring training in 2021. But we all said, well, this is going to be the guy who defines a trade. And you know what? He is. He is. I mean, I don't know what Francie's going to be. I still don't know what Francie's going to be. Well, but but if you get if you get this guy from Winkowski, like okay, you know Benintendi's up after this year. You won the trade. You won. Yeah, the trade. and they're already
1: looking to move him. They're looking to move Benintendi and the other portion of the equation. If you look at it, where is this team without Winkowski, Rob? With all the injuries, right? I mean, because Seabold, look, and maybe Seabold's better today, but Winkowski definitely has a better overall approach in terms of he knows exactly what he's going to do, right? He has a plan. He's going to get ground balls. With Seabold. he's still working his way through it. You are never going to get this type of performance from Seabold if you juxtapose it to Winkowski. So without Winkowski in the mix, the Whitlock injury, the Evaldi injury, this team would have been porked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent term. By the way, let me, let me give you a little bit of optimism here, all right? All right. I feel like we're spinning things to an optimistic tone until, until they maybe get swept today. Uh, I'm looking over the field. a be- Beautiful day at Wrigley Field, Stock Standard Park. Um, Rich Hill just running from the outfield to the dugout. Just running. I'm like, who's that running? Oh, wait a second. That's Rich Hill. That's Rich Hill, the guy with like one knee. Whoa. I mean, so yeah. So I thought he's I out was there. tough. He's, he's. I mean, he's just. Move- he seems to be moving. It. He's very nimble. Does he grunt and, when
1: he runs too, or just when he throws?
0: <laughs> I do. not I cannot confirm. I'm too high up. I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. But uh, but yeah. So that's good news. And he was talking about. You know how he could get PRP injections and and so on and so on. But if he's who's the guy running behind him? Is that Castig? Joe Castiglione? Uh, yeah. I can see it now on the monitor. <laughs> well, I no because it wouldn't. It's not Joe running. It's Joe on his bike. Come on, you I should heard know that. that Joe's a big biker, huh? Oh, you didn't know that? No, well, I, I, the,
1: I heard I Will and the, Joe talking about it the other day on the broadcast. I got the
0: Bigfoot image of him biking back in Fort Myers through traffic, almost getting killed. But he, uh, yes, he loves biking. He Biked here, he's, yeah. He's always How do you start a help biking man because uh, uh,
1: I, I run all the time. Maybe I got to take and, uh, some pressure off my yeah, knees. Yeah, you
0: do. You do. Yeah, you're almost. I mean, you're getting to the b. You can still stay at full muscle capacity by biking. I know that from previous experience. All right, Let let's go. The, let's go to the calls. Jamie from Beverly, what's going on, Jamie? You still there? What's going Not on? Not much,
2: guys. How you doing today? Good. Good, good. Hey, hey, I love this show. By the way, it's uh, it's the best show out there, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I think so. Hey, Thank subscribe. You. By the I, way, subscribe to the podcast, Jamie. All right. I do. All right. I do. Right. Good. Right, excellent. Yeah.
4: Hey, so like this rule five. I mean, I, I understand a little bit about how it works, but like like Sedan Rafaela is is rule five eligible this year? Is is there a concern that someone will take him? I mean, being that he's you know, low, low down in the minor leagues at this well, point. Well, He's not
0: that He's not that low anymore. I mean, he's at double no A. Oh, my God, I know.
2: But is, 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 I mean, is there a, I mean, like Gonzalez and Cassis and Ort and Frank German and Chris Murphy and Noah Song, they're
4: all Rule 5 eligible. Is there concern that some of those guys might be picked up? they get to stay on the Major League roster for the whole year. Is that right?
0: Uh well, no, they they just have to be put on the forty man roster, and but you Correct. have to take so, you have to take guys off the forty man roster to do that, obviously, and, and exactly. So, right. so if, if if you're going down this list, if I didn't think when I woke up this morning that I'd be power ranking the five, uh, rule five eligible guys, <laughs> you should. But, it's but, but I love it. I love it. I'm not going to lie to you. So uh, you have guys,
4: Edison Polino.
0: Well, Brandon Walter, yeah, they're, they're Brandon Walter, Thaddeus Ward, Jacob Wallace. Yep. Uh, you would mentioned you know, um, know song. Rafaela. So, I mean, song is you know fascinating case. But uh, yeah, I mean, so,
2: Granberg is on there. I mean, Chris so, Murphy. I mean, there's a, Chris
0: Murphy, who had a great outing the other day. So yep. um, Christian yeah. So Toss, I mean, there's
2: a, is there's a still list. on
0: there? Buckholt is not. Uh, Durbin <laughs> Feldman not, is. I mean, he might get his fight. Feldman, like high. I said, Politi. He's <laughs> on there. I know. Brandon Salucci. So, I mean. Of the- Dan <laughs> okay. <Cannon. laughs> okay all right man all right i love i love the good rule five time we're gonna do a podcast on the rule five that's what we're gonna do so does, pre- th- is there a I- concern
2: that, that
4: yeah that's, of course there's always
0: concern has
2: got to be put on the 40 man yeah right?
0: yeah no he does and he will be i mean i almost guarantee you jamie thanks for the call man i mean our guy Sedana raffaella i mean brian come on let's go Rake-
1: you know who else is raking oh brad Fosho show in place yeah it's, oh, did he? Really? Well, I, no, I, his hard hit rate is like through the roof. Of course. And he got a hit the other day when Coop was at the game when um, Sale pitched.
0: Well, it was weird that he pointed to the stands for Coop. <laughs> he pointed right to Coop. By the way, j- great job at Coop that day. A Great dr- job, yeah. Drove up to Portland, did the whole Chris Sale thing, drove back, slept at the station, did the Greg Hill show? Wait, I didn't know I, that. Then, then I made him do a Brad Show podcast. Oh, well, I didn't man. make him? But we had uh, we had the Johnny Gomes explains how to fight in baseball podcast. Uh, so it, yeah, good job by Coop. Yeah, Excellent. very good
1: job. And he came on my show, Rob.
0: He did. Yeah,
1: he gave me the. I wanted the skinny on sale. He was there. He watched it in person. He gave me the skinny on the outing. Oh, all
0: right, boots on the ground, Coop. Excellent. job. He doesn't right, play, Matt, games. He does no, play games. He does not play games, Rob. Not play games. <laughs> You, did your mom text you about your foul language? No,
1: I, thankfully, I don't think she was listening because right. she would have texted me. I felt really bad about dropping that. I, I still can't believe <laughs> yeah, I did yeah, that. Right. I'm going to have to go to confession.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Matt from Rhode Island. What's going on, Matt?
5: Hey, guys. Matt. How's my hey, audio? Can hey, you hear me all right? Yeah. yeah. Hey. Um, yeah, I'm going up to Portland in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, I'll catch a game. Uh, it's a great place to watch a game, the Sea the Dogs. But anyway, um, I want to talk about just the series in Toronto. My favorite moment so far of the season is Nick Pavetta. Pitching inside, he obviously didn't mean to hit that guy. But then you got Guerrero, the big bull, trying to charge out. And Pavetta's just like, he's not having it. He's just like, he doesn't care, man. He's he's, he's <laughs> a great pitcher. He's got great compete level. Um, you know, that's the kind of guy I, I love watching pitch. He works quickly. Everything's good. But, um, yeah, just hopefully we get this one today and move on because they got a lot of work to do in these next couple of series. Uh, Barrett, you just kind of hit on Trevor's story the other time. He's, I heard he's a freak athlete. I mean, you could tell he's a freak athlete, right? But this fastball thing is, is legit. I trust you. You have the numbers, but I'm just worried that they, they find a guy here that says, like, when you play in Colorado, I said the whole time, it's like your at-bats, I mean, they're meaningless almost like you can pile numbers you know, with no pressure, and, you know, I, that's just kind of my thing. I, I, I know he's a great player, but is he a great fit for what we're going to need him for? Thanks.
0: Thanks for the call. Um, yes, we, we haven't really talked a whole lot about Trevor's Story. What do you got for him? Got, well, I, on, did it, I did
1: it in the last segment that he, you know, he's only hitting 203 against fastballs, and he's seeing the 24th most fastballs by percentage in the sport. So there's a clear game plan against Trevor Story. I don't think so. Right, exactly. So, I mean, remember, they, this happened, and I mentioned this briefly with Devers, and obviously Devers can hit fastballs. He smashes fastballs now. But this is going to continue to happen to Trevor's story. And the thing that I mentioned, Rob, that concerns me the most is late in games, right? Because everybody in the bullpen now, they have guys that throw 99, 98, 97 miles an hour. And when you have a guy right now that can't get to a fastball, that's a real concerning thing.
0: Well, let's look at the lineup as a whole, okay? Can we do that? Take sure. a step back? All right. I love look that. Look at the lineup as a whole. I mean, you, you have your main guys, some of your main guys, not hitting home runs. That's a, that's a concern. And so you got to pick up for it somewhere. And you know, we're not going to panic because of this little like skid in Chicago, whatever, or this game last night. But you can't ignore the fact that Bogarts and Partius aren't hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Devers has slumped a little bit. I don't worry about him. But it it comes back to exactly what we said earlier in the year, where the lineup is completely different when Trevor Story's heading, Isn't it?
1: Yeah, they were unstoppable for that time that he went on that streak where it was, whatever, seven home runs in ten days. And that's been pretty much it. Like There was a little bit of glimmer of hope there at the end of the last homestand where it felt like, okay, here he comes. But he just hasn't been able to produce at a good enough level in terms of the consistency. And the Bogarts thing that you mentioned, the last home run is June 3rd. Since that point, Rob. He still has a good average during that stretch, 315, 392 on base percentage. But since June 3rd, he's slugging 393.
0: Yeah, you're three-hitter. And you have Trevor Story, who has an OPS of 709 right now. And he, he could win the gold glove, but that's not what you – I mean, you signed him to be good defensively, sure, but that's only part of the equation. Right. You, this
1: he, isn't Jackie Bradley Jr. in the outfield. We're like, no. all right, gold glove caliber defense. No, no so, Story's supposed to hit.
0: You know why? You know why? Because you have – I come back to it, and they've been really good offensively, so maybe we're just – you know, whatever, into the wind. But still, they've been very good offensively. You, but you still have to remember that you have to replace the Hunter Enfro, the Kyle Schwarber. And they did. They were for a while. They absolutely were. And Christian Vasquez has been good. That's has helped. Absolutely. But to to have a sustained winning streak after this little skid, like, you have to get these guys going. All right, 617-779-7937. This is a Bradford show. I'm Rob Bradford. That's Brian Barrett, and he's going to trend. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego.
2: Weekdays, 2 to 6.
0: Now, here's what's trending on WEI.
1: All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Well, the Sox fell to the Cubs 3-1
0: last night Hold at on, hold on. I got breaking news. Okay. AJ Politi's also eligible for Rule 5 next year.
1: <laughs> I didn't think that guy was going to stop. I think he would have kept going if he didn't stop I him. I, yeah, I love the passion. I love the fire. Josh Winkowski took the loss, giving up just one earned in six innings. The Sox and the Cubs will play. By the way, they had five hits last night. The Sox and the Cubs play the last of their three game set this afternoon in Chicago. 221st pitch across the Shaws and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show. At one twenty, that's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts suburb adventure at visitma.com. Connor Seabold gets the start this afternoon. Oh, by the way, Rob, did you see what I tweeted the other day about Seabold? That he he had the well you knew about the most um, swing and misses. Oh, twenty one
0: whiffs. Are you yeah, kidding so me? Yeah, his it's like it's like I gotta be in like the Red Sox highlight reel. I've
1: yeah, his so whiff rate was better than any pitcher in Major League Baseball this year for that one start, and his hard hit rate was worse than anybody it, in Major League Baseball. It, 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 this is
0: sort of this is why I'm I'm really anxious to be listening to this game. I mean, I have the pleasure of being here, but I encourage everyone to listen to it on the network. But it really will be interesting because we have the the crowd is like you gave up seven runs and then you have. The crowd to say you've got 21 whips. Yeah. Which is it? Well, here you go. Here's here we go.
1: Let's go. Let's, Let's see who go. wins out. Uh, by <laughs> the way, Will Fleming tweets out that Bogart's, or excuse me, JD and Story out in the lineup today. Yes. They're getting the day off. Little rest for those guys, Rob. And a good day for a Story to clear his head, okay? Enjoy Chicago. The Revs host FC Cincinnati tonight. Meanwhile, Yahoo's Chris Haynes reports the Nets and the Lakers are actively engaged in Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook trade talks. Okay, well, I guess that's going to happen. I mean, what the hell are we doing? Uh, That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60%
3: on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting
4: to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price,
0: Priceline
1: local radio man the third guy was Brian Barrett, he was good
0: who's that, what's going on what's up man uh, what's, what's good, what's cracking, what's happening <laughs> alright that well, was Bill Simmons uh, oh, oh that's right, let's play this again, play it again please
1: local radio man the third guy was Brian Barrett. He was good.
0: Man, what the brand has never been hotter, Brian. I try, man. I try to do my thing. That was from the Bill Simmons podcast where you, Kyrie Thompson, and Fitzy were all talking about the Patriots, and they singled you out at, at uh, what is it, an hour and ten minutes. And when you're at that hour and ten minute sweet spot of a podcast, you know your brand is hot.
1: Yeah, that was a fun show, man. We had a good time. We had a lot of fun. I like Kyrie. You're a hire. He's good, man.
0: Yeah. Listen. Knows his stuff. Oh, uh, he's great. He's he's. I I, I want to see the fat, the race between you two. I'm four eight forty four eight forty for our newest Patriots rider. Yeah, see, That's, I'm not a
1: quick twitch guy, Rob. I'm more of a distance guy. So he probably beat me.
0: Distance I like, though, no, I think I got him. I feel like well, uh, if we get a if you right after a Red Sox loss, that might put you over the top. Oh, I don't think I think so I beat I think I would beat like Usain Bolt. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I love it. Alright, well this is the Bradford Show. 617-779-7937. I'm Rob Bradford along with Brian Barrett. We're going to be with you up until the Red Sox pregame show till what, about 12.15 or so? I mean, I'm sorry, 1.15. Uh, I get the time mixed up. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. It's a different time. Rob, can okay? I suggest
1: one programming note at some point? can mm-hmm. Somebody mentioned it earlier. Can we get into the Pavetta thing at some point in terms of what happened in Toronto?
0: Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Let's do that was, it. That was hilarious. All right, let's go to Tim and Lil first. All right. Let's get him Let's get Tim to hanging on. So let's go Tim. Hey Tim, hey, how you good
6: doing? Afternoon. Afternoon, boys. Good hearing some baseball talk with you two. Uh, oh, two yeah. points here. Two points. Number one, Winkowski pitched a good game yesterday. This kid looks to me like he's a pitcher. And there's a big difference between being a pitcher and a thrower. This kid looks to me like he's a pitcher, and he, and he should have won that game. They, they played so dead yesterday. It, you know, they talk about August being the dog days of baseball. They look like they were in the middle of the dog days of baseball with the effort they put out. It was terrible yesterday. But my main point here is, Trevor Story, if there's a team out there that thought that he was worth pursuing in the offseason for the kind of money that the Red Sox gave him, Find that team, call every one of them, including some others, and get rid of his contract. Just get rid of the contract. He's supposed to be the replacement for Xander Bogarts. He can't even replace an injured Xander Bogarts. Never mind. You know what? There were some players, guys, that just can't play in the pressure of a big market. He's one of them. And even though he's renowned for his defense, I can think of at least two games where his defense has cost him games this year Tampa Bay early in the year and Oakland in the last homestand. that was this. Durant. He's worse. Listen, he. No, no. He called for the ball, and as a veteran.
1: Ask the manager whose fault that was.
6: I understand. Listen, he's a rookie. It's his call, it's his job to make that play. But you've got a veteran of multiple years in the big leagues calling you off. Out of respect for the veteran, you concede to him. And then he couldn't catch the ball. And But, you know, you know he's a worse signing than Pablo Sandoval. Ooh, whoa, Sandoval. Whoa! He's Shot worse. Fired. Pablo oh, Sandoval. Yeah, he ate his way out of the league, but he still could play, but he ate his way out of the league. And he still lasted for numerous years after the Red Sox got rid of him. He just this ran a guy over here. last night. Did you see that, he, Rob?
0: He, at the he, place? He, in oh, Mexico, yes. Oh, uh, God, that's
6: they get rid of. They got to get rid of. He cannot handle the pressure. He, not only can he not hit a fastball that Brian talked about, he can't hit a low outside breaking ball either. He, I, I I can throw a low outside that's, breaking that's ball. That's not a, that's not a good out.
0: combination. Not being able to hit a fastball or a breaking ball.
6: That's okay. Exactly what Get rid of the contract. I'm, are you listening, Hein? Find no, I, you know, you know what? what he's, he's not listening
0: because I can confirm he's in left. He's in, he's in right well, field hey, right hey, now. Hey, here,
6: let me, <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I was down in Atlantic City for a week, a couple of weeks ago, I loved having the Odyssey app available to me down there. I could listen to the games down there. I loved the Odyssey app. I thought that's they did great. a great job. Nice clear signal. It was great. Awesome. Unfortunately, it didn't help me with my gambling, but I loved listening to the game anyway.
4: Well, that's what yeah, we're here a for. Story.
0: Yeah, All right, right guys, get All right, rid Alright right, man, thank you. That's, <laughs> guy is hilarious. There, was a, there was a lot there's a lot to pick through there, isn't there? Let's let's start my favorite let's... part is the plug, the Odyssey plug. Well, what a clear signal <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want to break it to him. It really is dependent on your Wi-Fi service. So he's so pumped about the app. I, I, I love know. it. I mean, the great thing is that listen, he's, this, he's this, ranting what, and then he goes on. And, what, but this is what we're here for, Brian. Right? We're here for to, to even even things off a little bit. He's so upset about Trevor's story, but at least he has the Odyssey app going for him. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that, <laughs> we're, we're, we're the ray of sunshine in Tim from Lowell's life. I did I like
1: how that. he mentioned the, um, the defense with story the play that – what is Cora call him? Pop-up priorities? Isn't that what he says?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I like Middle, how uh, – I like, I like corner, how, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, I like how his rationale, though, is because it's not because the outfielder's coming in or the second baseman's going out. No, it's a rookie. Yeah, it's a veteran. So the veteran needs to take it. I, that's a new
0: thing, I guess. Well, the good thing is that no matter what happens – that Tim can just turn on the Odyssey he's app. He's got the Odyssey the world, app, man. And, and the world will be all right. So it was just, you know, I think that there's our marketing slogan. But I, point well taken about Trevor Story, I don't think he's going to be – I think – well, I don't think. I know he's going to be a better contract than Pablo Sandoval. I know that because for no other reason he's in shape and he can function. I don't know if the whole market thing is a thing, Like, and that's up for debate. That's fine. I mean, the fact is is that – you know, he's, his ops is just slightly north of 700. I don't know how you feel about the market thing. I just feel like this is a player where you went in with some question marks when you signed him off of last year, which, by the way, offensively was his worst year. Yep. And, and so you had question marks anyway. I, I don't think – we've said this, Brian, is that he wasn't, pro, he wasn't the player that a lot of think people thought they were going to get when they signed him that, to that contract. I don't think that was a case.
1: Yeah, the reality is the defense has obviously been outstanding. He has been. Cora mentioned he's the best defensive second baseman in the sport. I mean, by the numbers, you can make that argument. He was first in defensive run save. So it makes a lot of sense there. But the problem is, Rob, like we knew there was going to be streakiness with story. Like he was a streaky hitter when he was in Colorado. And not to get too much in the weeds, but because he's a super big launch angle guy, that is going to happen from time to time. But the issue is, Rob, we only really had one hot streak. And it lasted what two weeks? And it was glorious. It was fun. Oh Fenway, I was at. We the got ho- the,
0: we got we got the podcast in right in the middle of it. Yeah, too. that was, it was perfect. Timing.
1: That was perfect. And <laughs> that, I, that was really. I mean, and, and you talked about a swing, and I, it was a great podcast too. Great job by. Great job out of you, Rob. I rarely say that. Great job out of you. But right. also, he hits that home run. I was at the game, the grand slam. I mean, it was electric. And you're like, okay, story. Because remember what we were saying at the beginning of the season is. He is historically a really slow starter. If you look at his splits, like April's always his worst yeah, month. Yeah, but so we figured- it was
0: it was nothing like it was. Right. I mean, that that's the thing is that we we can talk about being a slow starter. It was he had never had an April like he had there. Yeah. But you can talk about being a streaky hitter. Well, he he's never landed at this point in the season with an OPS of basically 700. So yeah. you know. So this is in in you have to factor in new leagues. Sure, fine. But you also have to factor in, you're coming off to your worst year, what type of player is he? Right now, you can ride him out. That's fine. He's a good defender. And this speaks to the bigger picture with Bog. when it comes to Bogarts. And every show we talk about this, and we rattle on and rattle on and rattle on. But it's worth it, which is the best team. The What's worth investing, now that you've already invested in Trevor Story, what's worth investing in is keeping the left side of your infield and then building the team around that. That's it. There you go, there yeah, you go.
1: I'm completely with you on that, and it, I know you didn't think it was a big take that I had a couple of weeks ago. But I continue to come back to the fact that Story is never compared to Bogarts if Bogarts is here. You don't have to hear that. It's not like oh, this is Xander Bogarts' replacement. I just oh. feel like
0: life. Can is... you imagine? Can you imagine if Bogarts leaves and they move Trevor Story over there, and he's having a year like this? And you know, I don't even know what you do at second base. But you know, it's it, 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 it would it would be a disaster. And they're already. Then you get into the business side of it, Brian, and the marketing side of it. Like, nobody's wearing Story shirts. I I apologize to the Story family, but, you know, no one's wearing Story shirts right now. They're wearing Bogart shirts. They're wearing Devers shirts. I've seen –
1: when I've been at Fenway this year, I've seen more Story Rocky jerseys than I've seen – Story. I I haven't seen a story Red Sox story. I may have just not seen one, but I haven't seen. I don't see people wearing them
0: either. To your point, <laughs> I've seen more baseballs and boring T-shirts than I have story rock. Well, here. I mean, come on, that's expected. I mean, uh, the brand is. Growing. I've seen some here, by the way. Some nice. Wrigley Field. Yeah, this I see, yeah, I saw a picture you tweeted out of a guy. Oh my! Uh, it was great, man. Like I was, so I was talking to Mike Napoli first base coach. Congratulations to Mike Napoli, married with uh, now another kid on the way. But hey, why talk- didn't he
1: celebrate after the Red Sox won the World Series?
0: You know, it's amazing, right? It's uh, Well, it's, I said, can you just simulate how you celebrate it again? He's always great. Mike Napoli is a great guy. And, uh, and he was talking about, well, first of all, I go, we're talking about the Cubs, the whole scene, right? The crowd, and they sing the song at the end of the game, and I love it. I love that song. It's such a great song. And I'm like, can you imagine what it was like? Here in the World Series, when all that's going on, the crowd and the environment, he's like, yeah I, yeah, I can. I was playing for the Indians at the time. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot. am sorry. I'm sorry. So, but, uh, I can. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking with Napoli, then Ross comes over and he yells, eh, there's two champions. So I guess, uh, yes, I am, I am perceived as a champion by at least one major league manager. There you go. That,
1: that was a tremendous World Series. And Rob, by the way. I can't believe I'm going to give this guy credit, but David in Florida made an outstanding point yesterday. I don't think I've ever said that on your show with Ken, when you guys were in yesterday, like if the Red Sox and the Cubs had played in Oh three. Oh my God. That would have been the highest rated world series of all time. And it would never be broken.
0: Yeah. And, and you really do get, we can talk about the park and stock standard and everything else, by the way, like you talk about stumbling upon a term. Oh my goodness. Awesome. But we can talk <laughs> about that, but, but the crowd itself is awesome. Like that, and, and, and they do the whole song after, and they're not a great team right now. But the crowd itself is great, and you can tell a passion fan, and that would have been in, just an unbelievable World Series. You're right. I do want to talk about Pavetta. So you, you had mentioned this. Somebody, somebody brought this up. This hit hit home for you because you're an intense guy. You're a fiery guy in the mound, just like Nick Pavetta, correct?
1: Yes, I'm very fiery. I would say I play with a lot of passion, Rob.
0: You do well. Media games coming up. We'll see. So uh, with Nick Pavetta, what did they guy want to talk about? What, what would I mean, there's a lot to pick through when it comes to Nick Pavetta. By the way, so you have the Josh Winkowski trade. Congratulations, to Ian Bloom for winning that one. It looks like now you have the Nick Pavetta trade with it, which is basically Heathcliff Slocum for Derek Lowe and Jared Jason Veritek all over again. But what do you want to talk about with Nick Pavetta?
1: Well, I just I don't understand the Blue Jays. I don't know what it, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. there's no way he saw that pitch because how could he possibly think? And I know like part of it was Kirk had gotten hit in the prior day as well, but the guys thought you're trying to pitch him inside and Pavetta, clearly that ball just got away from him because right after he throws the ball, he yells at himself, right? I mean, he's yelling at himself well, because yeah, he's, I mean, he's it's, mad it's, that he hit it guy. It's
0: stupid. I mean, it was obviously a dumb reaction because there's no chance that he ever was going to hit Kirk. I mean, that just wasn't happening. There was
1: a guy on second base, and it's a tie game, and a game yeah, that the Red yeah, Sox of, need to of win. Of
0: course. And so the Blue Jays are like that, though. Like I like the Blue Jays; they're passionate. But but you know, Manoa is another guy. He's an awesome pitcher, but he's constantly chirping. And you actually like I I asked Pulaweki about it because I saw it from a distance, and I didn't ask him about it before the game. But you see the, the the circle of people, the scrum and everything else, and nobody's fighting or anything like that. But Pavetta, you could see – I'm sorry. You saw Ploeki turn to Manoa, who's mouthing off because he loves that sort of stuff. And Pavetta, I mean, Ploiecki just, like, sort of waves waves him off. And I said, well, what are you doing? I said, I loved watching, like, the sort of, like, shooing this guy away. It's like, <laughs> yeah, man, like – I just had no time for it. Like, what are we doing? He's like, spare parts, spare parts. I'm like, that's the second time I've heard that term. Pavetta said it after the game the other day. Like, spare parts, what is that? <laughs> I was talking to Cotillo about it. He's like, yeah, I hadn't heard it either. So we Googled it, spare parts. It's just like, you know, it's like wash. It's like it's like wasted time. Have you heard this? I never heard somebody I, say it like that, no. No, nah, so Pavetta said it after the game. He's like, yeah, spare parts. And then Puecky just said spare parts. So there you go. We're bringing it back. Yeah. I'll tell you what that is in spare- stock standard Stock, standard. <laughs> But what is isn't spare parts is that conversation that that was a it was good to have a little brouhaha a kerfuffle, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. And this so. is
1: where I disagree with you, Rob. I don't like the Blue Jays. Like, I, I don't like their energy at all. I can't. Well, yeah, stand because you're a team. fan. Well, no, they're annoying, though, Rob, like the whole thing with the jacket. And then after every game, they do the Gatorade bath. Like, come on. You're a team that's supposed to win like 100 games, and you're doing this after every game. And what can you tell me what happened in the 10th the other night? What was that? What was Charlie Montoya trying to do? It's like, was he trying to pinch hit? Like I don't know what he was doing in the 10th inning there. I know. You were fascinated by that. But, well, that guy, see, that guy cannot run his nose, let's be honest. I don't uh, know how he's still the manager there after all right, last before, year. B-
0: before we go to a break here, let's go to Bobby from Cambridge. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? How are
7: you doing, today, gentlemen? I hope you're having a nice fourth and that everybody in your family is healthy.
0: Thank you very much, Bobby. Okay. Uh, likewise, I am having a great day. It's a great – well, I'm overlooking Wrigley Field, and I'm talking with the great Brian Barrett, so it's a great day. Uh,
7: <laughs> you guys know your baseball, and I've been around a long time, so I'm just throwing this out. It was uh, before the 21 season. I saw Henry sit down with an interview, and I can't remember who it was with. It doesn't matter anyway. And he said, look, I'm just as guilty, and maybe I'm stating you obvious. He said, we overpaid, and we decimated this farm system. He said, we've got nothing down there. Now it's my job, to whether you're a Henry fan or not, and I really wasn't. But he said, we're going to build this thing back up. If you really look at it, what they've done, I'm glad about the story signing. That, that kid's, and everybody's a kid to me, that kid's got a gun for an arm, and he's playing out of position. And it isn't that easy, just as a high school young college player, to switch from third to second, from shot to second. Trust me. But I'm um, saying, yeah, I think it's a hell of a signing. But I think he's just going with what he's got, like the big three right now JD, uh, Bogarts, and Devers. And you started a season, if you really look at it, with three outfielders, Kiki Hernandez, Verdengo, is it, and, uh, and, uh, and JBJ out there. Not one of them really capable of having a 20 home run season. That's, I, that's unheard of in Major League Baseball. I just, my own belief is that. He's doing what he can, get what he can out of this season and last season, and and build this team back up. And it's just that the Yankees has yeah, uh, one of those. Bobby,
0: here's the problem with that, and I don't disagree with you. There's a I disagree with a lot of what you're saying, but the problem with that is that right. you you no you have you have so many of these contracts for so many important guys coming up. You legitimately have a window, so you're sure you want to build it up, fine. But you got to be ready to pay for certainty. You know, I love that term. Brian loves that term. It, but it's a very real thing. So while you're mm-hmm. building it up, you still have to keep some of these guys around. You do. So, yeah. I mean, good oh, f-
7: go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, there's no doubt in my mind. I'm just saying I don't even know will J.D. be with this team. That Yeah, I absolutely would love the fact that, that Bogarts and Devers would be here. But I'm saying that other signings, He's he's looking at you know I, I, the the school is still out on drawback at first base Vasquez Vasquez had that career year of twenty to twenty one home runs I think it ruined him and then all of a sudden he started becoming a home run hitter and he's not that it, this you know and it's just he decided even from going back from the price the sale everything their pitching is really overachieving in my eyes right now but that's settling in too you know the contract to the veer. I understand that, but it's just – I just think that we have to be – listen to me, we, like I'm part of the team, (laughs) that that there's a little bit of patience that that for the first time before the All-Star break, you're bringing up Durant, you know, Frenchie Cadero, people that that can play. And I think that's – I just think that's his philosophy right now. No, no,
0: Bobby, I I hear you, man. Like, thanks for the call. I I hear you. Like, and and listen, they should be given credit because before – you weren't able to bring up a Josh Winkowski. You weren't even able to bring up a Connor Seabold. You weren't able to bring up a, a John Schreiber, who, who obviously is, is filled in. You weren't able to fill in with with a Franchi Cordero. You know there there are some like guys who were were not anywhere near the radar when Opening Day rolled around, Brian. I mean for this team that have become huge huge parts of this, and that's where you got to give them some credit.
1: Yeah, I give him a ton of credit. I like the majority of the moves that Heimblum Bloom has made, and he's done a great job building up the farm system. We would all acknowledge that. I mean the fact that they have depth to go to a guy that you alluded to and Josh Winkowski, that's great. My only issue with Bloom is just in the offseason that he didn't get a reliable oh, yeah. arm. That's my only issue with him, and I don't understand why he didn't do that because, the, I mean, think about all the good moves this guy has made. The Pavetta trade for Workman and Hembry, you got Seabold in that deal as well. The Benintendi trade looks a lot better now that Winkowski's throwing the ball well, so he's made a lot of nice moves. He's found guys I, on the periphery yeah. and the margins, the Stroms, the Schreiber's, the world. He's done a lot of really good things. But let's and this,
0: but this also be honest, your point. I mean, they lucked out with Schreiber. I mean, they. Yeah. They, yep. they, they, I mean, they, they, and that's the thing that, that drives me nuts is because you're going to have instances like that. You're going to have instances going back with Brazier in 2018. You're going to have instances where, like, you basically, like for lack of a better term, you luck into guys and they say, oh, look, we can do it this way. Look, if we we can get this guy, we can switch this and switch that, and and he'll become John Schreiber. No, I mean, that's that's fine if it, that works out. But at some point, you I keep saying it, you have to pay for Cerny. All right, 617-779-7937. After the break, one of the things I want to talk to you about, because they were just flashing the OPS leaders for the Red Sox, and, and you know, you have Devers, you have Martinez, you have Bogarts, and it really drops down a story in, uh, in Verdugo. But, you know, with Bogarts, he's not going to make the – he's going to start in the All-Star game. But is he going to make the All-Star team? Like, I I love some good All-Star talk, right? You live for it. I do. Well, I am going to the All-Star game, so I want to know who's going to be there. And I did have a good conversation with Bogarts about the All-Star team, about the All-Star game, and also about Rafael Dever. So I want to ask you some questions and talk to you about Bogarts in regards to all that stuff. 617-779-7937. Be back after this.
6: Let me tell you something. When I was down in at Atlantic City for a week a couple of weeks ago, I loved having the Odyssey an app available to me down there. I can listen to the games down there. I love the Odyssey app. I thought it's they did great. a great job. Nice, clear signal. It was great. Awesome. And unfortunately, it didn't help me with my gambling, but I love listening to the game anyway.
0: Well, that's what yeah, we're here what a for. Story. Technology wins again. Technology is undefeated. There you go. There you go, Brian Barrett. I'm Rob Bradford. This is a Bradford show. The Legend. Show.
1: Tim and Lowell, all uh, right?
0: Oh, Tim, Tim and Lowell, there you go.
1: Absolute legend.
0: Uh, th- thanks for all the callers. Thanks for all the l- listeners. And once again, please subscribe to the Bradfoe Show. We uh, have been bought out by the big company, uh, Big Big Doing's. It's, it's huge. It's going to be basically published almost every day. We're going to have the baseball isn't boring boom. Version, vi- version of it at the end. of the- You all right? I'm saying boom. I like in celebration. Uh, boom. boom. Okay. okay. Bang. At the <laughs> At the end of the week, baseball, this past week, the last one we dropped was with Johnny Gomes. And uh, we did it because, you know, you had the big fight early in the week, right? Baseball's not boring last week because the big, not only the the red size kerfuffle, but the big fight, the Seattle Mariners-Angel oh, yeah. fight where translators were suspended. And oh, my goodness. But there's nobody, honestly, go listen to it because it... <laughs> It was so fun listening to Gomes like break down like not only about how fights like happen and what you do in a fight in a baseball, but how it's perceived in the clubhouse. Like basically, you know, first of all, like do you know that your team's gonna win a fight if you get in a fight? But also the importance of getting in the middle of a fight and not. I can go back to the the Joe Kelly fight, the uh, you know, like that one against the Yankees, the Tyler Austin one. Where I know that they had a team, Red Sox had a team meeting after that because they said, "Well, you know, not everybody was sort of in the middle of it. You know, they, they, even though they were, I think at nine and one at the time, they were rolling, but still, like there was like, okay, guys, you know, the, everyone has to be invested. here. Everyone has to. You can't just be singing fire in the mountain out and by in second base. You know, so you know, it's an interesting podcast. So go listen to it. But before the break, Did you feed I had him to- a
1: question. Remember, he asked who was it, Rosenthal." <laughs> Remember uh, that? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, told yeah, Rosenthal yeah. what to ask him yeah, after the yeah, World yeah. Series uh, and then he yeah. said, "Hey
0: Johnny, you told me to ask you this." Well, he said, "So, Johnny has he as he says on the podcast, he is the only player in the history of baseball who has gotten into a fight in both a Rays uniform against the Red Sox and a Red Sox uniform against the Rays." So, there's history for you. Wow. He also he also uh said, you know, he holds one record that will never be broken, which is most hits off the catwalk. So good for him. Uh, yeah, That's so, tracked? That, yes, of course it's tracked. <laughs> How many I does mean, he have? I, I feel like Brian Barrett's going to move to Tampa just to, because he found out he can track the hits off the catwalk.
1: I don't know. That place I, is I, such I, a disaster, man. Well, have you ever been there? Yes, I watched a game there years ago against the Kansas City Royals when they both <laughs> oh, stole man,
0: man, what a game. That was, that was, that sick was a sick game. Was, did you save I'm telling you, I was stops? at the
1: AAU National Championships. Yeah. And the games playing there were better than that one. Okay. Jason right. Hayward was in it, by the way. Do you know why the roof is tilted?
0: No. Because the air conditioning costs.
1: Oh, I thought Dick air Vitale
0: demanded cost. it. He's a big raise no. guy. Well, oh. yeah, him and John Cena. That All right, is any, pathetic. Yeah, That's any, actually anyone. true? Yes. Oh, my God. What a joke. I know. Well, listen, I'm here to educate. I I don't I I can't I leave the opinions to you. I'm just here to educate you, and then I let you go. I let you go with your foul mouth, your potty mouth. That your mom's texting me say, reel him in. All right. Anyway, six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. We're going to be with you to the beginning of the pregame show, which is going to be run by the aforementioned metric man, Brian Barrett. But I ask you before the break about the All Star Game. So everyone's freaking out, freaking out. Oh my goodness, Vander Bogarts is not going to be a star in the All Star Game. My first question to you, my friend, is Dander Bogart going to be in the All-Star game? Yeah, I believe he will be, although he's behind Tim
1: Anderson, too, not just Paul Bichette. But I believe he'll be on the team. He's having too good of a I'm year. Not,
0: I'm, not, I'm not talking about voting. I'm talking about actually just, like, performance. Yeah, I think he'll be in there. Okay. Do you? Who, who, I mean, he's, he's having a better year than Bichette, right? Yeah. Bichette's going to get in on the voting. He's having a better year than Tim Anderson. Be. So who, who is his competitors? Who, who, who would, like, usurp him? I don't see any Pena, maybe? Yeah, so he's going to make it. So I don't know. Yeah, you know when Dusty Baker. So there. Dusty
1: Baker is the manager, and he's going to have a difficult decision to make in terms of – so right now it's got to be between Verlander, McClanahan, or Winkowski to start, right? Yeah, wait, is- <laughs> I mean, he's got his own guy, but do you, do you pass him when Kowski? Well, yeah, that's difficult. I, I
0: mean, it, the only fly in the ointment there is if he decides to start John Eight Miles Schreiber. So, oh, that's, that's bullpen you know, game right off the, the bat. A, you, you could have an opener. He's the opener. <laughs> <laughs> there, there Imagine so, if a team did that. Who would do that? Kevin Cash. Well, well, Kevin no, Cash would oh, do that. Brian, like every. Every All-Star game is an opener. I know. I I
1: get it. But Kevin Cash would actually put a reliever in to start the game.
0: Well, he should. I mean, who cares? But it's so that leads me to my next Red Sox question. Does John, does our campaign to get eight mile there? But which, by the way, by the way, talking to Schreiber there in the locker room the other day, he loves that nickname. Loves it. Loves it. It's a good nickname. Yeah, and so what was the other name that came out? Dr. Nasty or whatever, Filthy or whatever? No, he loves 8 Mile. 8 Mile, John 8 Mile Schreiber. Does he make the all-star team?
1: I think he has to, Rob. I mean, his season's too good. I think he will. I mean, he's legitimately, and here's the thing, like all his appearances are high leverage. They are relying on this guy so much, and he has legitimately been one of the best handful of relievers in all of Major League Baseball by the numbers. I don't see how he can't make it, especially considering that this Red Sox team is in playoff contention. So they're going to have a bunch of guys. I can't imagine he's not there.
0: Yeah, and, and the other part about this, and I don't know what you know with Dusty Baker being the manager. I don't know if he's going to factor this in. But this isn't like the old days where you just say, "Look well, here, are the save leaders," and you're all going to get closers and, and the Mike Timlins of the world. They have no shot. Or you know, they it's a nice story, but if you're a setup guy, you have no shot. Like people have to realize, and I hope managers realize. I hope Dusty Baker realizes that you have that these guys are the closers. These guys who are pitching in the seventh and eighth innings are the closers. Yeah,
1: he's he's Cora's biggest weapon out of the bullpen. He goes to him now with inherited runners as well. I mean, you think about it, Rob. So, not to get too much in the weeds, but just think about
0: this. I mean, can we have a nickel every time you say that? It's yeah, I say goodness. it a lot because I don't. So, I don't. Just, wanna... just own, disown your actions. Okay.
1: Well, I'm, I just want to point this out. So. They track shutdowns and meltdowns, and basically it just means if the game is close enough, are you adding to win probability or are you going against win probability, right? Are you hurting your team? He has 17 shutdowns, Schreiber does, and one meltdown. A 17-to-1 ratio. So out of the games he pitched that were like deemed important in terms of the appearance, 17 of 18 of them, he's locked it down. I mean, that is absolutely outstanding work from a guy that nobody had heard of prior to the season. I mean, right. unbelievable stuff. So, well, I mean, swing, that should get him in the game. Swing Send juice, this to make, Dusty.
0: Swing Juice is making the T-shirts. Get 8 Mile to Los Angeles. Hashtag get 8 Mile to Los Angeles. Let's go. All right.
1: Him, Pavetta.
0: So, him, yeah, Pavetta. Okay. Raffy. No, Waka, no. You Pavetta over Waka, right? Correct. Yeah, you got it, yeah. Okay. Pavetta, Devers, Schreiber, Bogards. Anyone else? That's it, right? I mean, J.D.'s, JD's not going to pro- make it. You
1: don't think he'll make it? Well, because so you and, have
0: nah, because you have Jordan Val- Alvarez and, and you have Shohei Yeah, I don't, I don't, think he's going to make it. So yeah. So anyway, the, they, it's coming up. It's coming up. Just a couple weeks away. Love some good back, Maybe. Time. Uh yeah, I mean, Franchi did have that <laughs> bunt this week, so that was good. Uh, the put him over the top. All right, we we're we to take a break here. One last segment before the pregame show. This is the Bradford Show. I'm Rod Bradford. It's Brian Barrett. Be back after this. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Bradford Show. I'm at Wrigley Field. My name's Rob Bradford, along with Brian Barrett, who's going to be taking the reins of the pregame show in just a mere matter of moments. McFarlane! There you go, McFarland Energy. They are powering this road trip all the way through Toronto, Chicago, two of my favorite cities. I do, unlike Josh Winkowski, I do uh, have, uh, have a sweet spot for Wrigley Field. I do not think it stocks in. I still, you no. Know, that's the that's the term. In case people missed it, Josh Winkowski after the start yesterday. Can we play that sound real quick, Ethan? Just because I think that a lot of people in Chicago are talking about. Sure, that it's a good conversation with Fenway Park and Wrigley. So, uh, do we have that, Ethan? Okay. Uh, well, that's okay if we don't. But it, so anyway, but what he said was it's a stock, it's stock standard. Stock, Wrigley Field. He talked to his mom. He talked to his moms. And much like Brian Barrett talked to his mom, and she yelled at him for the foul potty mouth earlier in the show, he talked to his mom and he said, What uh, was it like at Wrigley Field? To be honest, a little underwhelming. I didn't really – Fenway kind of has a presence to it. Yeah. I really didn't get that here, to be honest. I think it's very – like I said to my mom last night, this place is very stock standard. If you ask me, I don't really – I didn't really feel anything, to be honest. Kind of just felt like another ballpark. All right. All right. So, Brian, (laughs) I will say this. This is the last thing I'll say about this, is that it's not stock standard. Like, you can say that, oh, well, you know, I was expecting more or I wish it was more modern or whatever it is. But it's not – I mean, it is, if nothing else, it's unique. This is – I said, well, you know, the the stands themselves sort of remind me like a spring training park or whatever. But the actual – the whole scene – that is not stock standard. No. Yeah, the atmosphere, especially for a team that's that bad, is absolutely electric.
1: I mean, it's crazy to think about that. Like, this team is absolutely horrendous, and their crowd is still completely into the game. And I know it's like a party atmosphere there, Rob. You mentioned what was going on around the game. But, hey, so when you did your appearance on 670, are there, like was the host mad?
0: No, I think – well, I think it was just – I think the people were mad. I think the people – So the fans are really offended. Yeah, they are. I think they really (laughs) are. Like, I wouldn't be – like, if somebody
1: said that about Fenway, I'm not
0: going to get mad. Do you know what uh, I mean? But the fans are that
1: defensive, huh?
0: No, well, I mean, I I just think that – you know, listen, I mean, they don't have a good team right now, and so it's also – it's like blood in the water, right? It's just blood in the water. And and I think that when I had broke off when I was doing that appearance and we had talked about it before – and we said Jeff and Watertown, I thought, brought this up, but it was a good point. And, and I don't think they had thought about it when I did bring it up, which was, listen, Josh Winkowski's 24 years old. He wants the big visiting clubhouse. You know, he wants the the bit, lot of foul ground. He wants all the amenities because that's what it is now. I mean, it's not like you don't really say, oh, my goodness, I, I really enjoy soaking myself in the the ivy. No, I mean, that's. Typically not what it is, and and you know, Josh Winkowski. As I said at the beginning of the show, I don't know. Maybe give him some credit because it shows that like he's just a pitcher. He's out there. He's not. Nah, he's not worried about saying the wrong thing. There. I mean, that's that. Maybe that'll lead to to even better things or this run that he's on. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but still, I mean, that shows to me a confidence in. This guy say, hey, I don't care where I'm pitching. I It's going to tell you the truth.
1: And by the way, I'm watching his highlights right now on the Nesson pregame oh, show. Oh, my God. I Are mean, really, you all right? No, Are I'm you gonna, okay? <laughs> no, I'm going to be okay. You, know, you I was gotta, watching we the have game, a hose Rob, in studio? Rob, I was watching the game with one of my brothers last night. and He said, what is that that he just threw? That thing is nasty. I'm like, yeah, man, get used to it. He's this kid man. has got it. I mean, he's absolutely filthy. But the other thing I would just say is the thing that I like about the answer last night is he's pissed off because they lost the game. Okay, so he doesn't have time to—and it's a fair—it's a good question. I mean, it's Wrigley Field. I mean, it's one of the cathedrals in Major League Baseball, along with Fenway Park. So it's a good question to ask the guy, but I like the fact that he's just pissed. He's pissed they lost. So he's like, yeah, I, Wrigley, it's stock standard. Okay, we lost the game. That's He's mad they lost the game. That's what I like about the guy. He's a competitor. He's great. He fits in with the
0: Pavettas and Evaldis of the world. You know what I mean? Well, here's some news from Alex Spear. Cutter Crawford, the scheduled WUSOC starter today, has been replaced— that's a scheduled starter by Michael Feliz. C- Crawford is obviously a candidate to fill as a starter. We're a long relief are, uh, option with Hill on the IL. So everyone was hoping and praying and wishing that Brian Bayo might be making a appearance. It looks like Cutter Crawford's probably going to be the guy, Brian. So sorry to do that to you. Uh,
1: yeah, ruin the show, Rob. All right.
0: Ruin my go. day. I, I can't watch anymore Cutter Crawford. But I mean, just you know just put those Winkowski the highlights back on. There you go. So and I was hoping
1: it was going to be Bayo, but I mean I guess that was too optimistic for me to think it was going to be. That. I know they want to set him up perfectly when he comes up and all that. It just I mean Crawford after he had a really good spring, Rob. Right, and you felt like, yeah. okay, maybe he's going to be. You were sort seduced of... by him. You yeah, were seduced well, by the maybe he was going to be like the pitches. whole idea. Could he be like another multi-inning bullpen guy? We found out rather quickly that wasn't going to happen. And hey, he was good in that one start he had. Remember yeah. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, not much promise with that guy.
0: All right, so with the pregame show just a mere matter of moments away, and you have you you have the 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 game, which they're going to have to fend off a sweep here. And we started the show. We're sort of all over the place. Well, is it good? Is it bad? What's the reality of this team? When you look at this game, what is the thing? Like, wh- how do you view it? Because I'll tell you how I view it. I am fascinated by what Co- Connor Seabolt's going to do. Fascinated. Yeah. And beca- because we, we said before, you have these two factions. You have the he gave up seven runs faction, and he had 21 whiff factions. And so here you go. Here it is. And, by the way, you need a win. You do. It's not the be-all, end-all. You're still going to be in the race. It's okay, but still, you, you, you came out of Cleveland, and you could even say you came out of Toronto okay, but if you get swept by the Cubs, that's the ultimate sad trombone, along with these guys not hitting, sputtering. You want to come home. You want to feel good about yourself. And then, boom. And at the the guy who can lead that charge is the aforementioned Connor Siebold. That's my take on it. What's yours?
1: Yeah, and I don't want to be screaming about a loss on Red Sox review after the game tonight. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be screaming. I want to be happy that they at least got out of there with a the win. And with Siebold, I think he was in, and he made some really bad pitches. Like, obviously, you reference the swing and misses, but he made a lot of bad pitches. Springer ambushed him on the slider. The pitch he threw to Vlad was a bad pitch. But I also look at it from this perspective, Rob. I can sit back and say, That's a really tough spot for a guy to make his first start of the season. In Toronto against that lineup, one of the best lineups in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, so he was in a really tough spot when it comes to that. And his changeup is his best pitch, which obviously it's going to be better against lefties, more effective against lefties than righties, right? I mean, I know, like, maybe he'll be a reverse splits guy in his career because of that. But my point being is... That pitch was not going to be as effective against those guys as it is other lineups that have more left-handed hitters. And just considering how many good players they have in that team, it was a tough spot. So, like, when I look back at him last year, obviously he was dealing with, when he made the start against Chicago, the White Sox, he was dealing, he was coming back from an elbow injury, the velocity was down. And when you watch that game, you're like, wait, hold on. This guy's got nothing. He's got no stuff, right? I mean, and we know that his p- changeup's his best pitch. But I would say against Toronto, when you were there in person, I felt like the stuff was much no, better. No,
0: no, and that's why I think he was stung a little bit, honestly. Like, talking to him after the game, I think he was stung. He's like, listen, that was probably my best stuff I've had all year. And those are the results. I gave up seven runs. And, yeah, he petered out at the end. And at the next day, I asked him, I said, did you sleep last night? He's like, yeah, I had no problem sleeping. But I felt like I hit, got hit by a truck because I was, like, so worn out." But his head was still spinning. Yes or no, David Price texts Alex Gore to say this kid has good stuff for a second straight start. Yes, yes or no. I think he's going to do it. I think he'll no. do it again. Mm. Well,
1: I don't know. Is he going to be watching today? That's the question.
0: But Yeah, I don't know. Price looks a lot different than he did when he left, I'll say. Yeah. I mean, he looks a lot different. I yeah, I can imagine he's going to But doesn't Madden that too.
1: also tell you something about Cora, like the relationship because obviously Price was somebody here that was always criticized and a lot of it he brought no, himself. No, but I think,
0: I think I think the big thing with Price and Cora is that Price really respected him. Yeah. And and you know, in Cora defended
1: when, him all the time. Like well, I give yeah, Cora a ton of credit and, like
0: And Cora was I, he knew if you go back to Cora's introductory press conference There was a lot of questions about David Price. How are you going to handle David Price? Because the whole David Price dynamic was one of the things that did not work out for John Farrell, right? Mm -hmm. So it was – so how are you going to handle David Price? And he handled him well. And this speaks to – you know, we spin it toward this team, Brian – You've said it a million times. I mean, you have a, one of the best game managers of the game, but you also have a guy that has complete control over his clubhouse. You have the face of the franchise, so you got to give him some stuff to work with. You can't, you, you yeah. can't have, you can't have him mapping this week out where you're not going to pitch Tyler Dana for five days, hoping that he, Tyler Dana is going to pitch two innings on uh, on Tuesday. You know, that, that can't happen
1: anymore. Yeah, and I have faith that once you get into the tournament, as Bill Parcells would say, I feel really good about your chances. Right, because. We've seen Cora do that in the postseason before. We've seen him take starters and put him into the bullpen. Yeah. Well, but they'll the problem have an is you embar- can't do that
0: during the regular season. Well, they'll have an embarrassment of riches, right? The, yeah, James Paxton and Chris Sale and Josh Winkowski and uh, Garrett Whitlock and oh my god! And then you know, Carlos Siebel will all be on his way. But but in all seriousness, they have like by the end of the month. You should be able to have a good handle on what you have, but you have to get that handle on what you have. You can't just be saying, Hansel Robles through 98, we think something there. Uh, Sawamura, you know, he was pretty good this time, but he wasn't good that time. You know, all these guys, you have to figure out what you got. You know? You know what I'm saying, Brian? Yeah, and like, I half jokingly text Will Fleming the other
1: night during the game that they blew that Tanner Hulk wasn't available for, and we're trying to figure out who the heck Core is going to go to. I said, you know what, bring Pavetta out for the last two and have him pitch eight tomorrow as well. Like, that's where we're at with the bullpen. Well, oh, I thought, you know, the guy was Winkowski. I mean, Ooh.
0: yeah, I know. I would have I mean, loved
1: that. <laughs> I don't think I could have done the postgame show. <laughs> the other night, you know what, Rob? This is a true story. So the other night,. On, what was it, Wednesday, when they saved off the they saved off the sweep? Yeah, I, or, or they staved off it, yes. What I say, saved off? They're saved <laughs> Sorry. off, yeah. But anyway, so I was doing the network post-game show, and I started doing review. Like, I started doing Red Sox review. I was about to give out the phone number, and I'm like, oh, crap. I, I mean, do- who... I got to do the regular postgame show first. Listen,
0: who could have forgot that? I mean, everyone knew that. Everyone's talking about that. that I was too every, excited. That was my the, point. I was way I mean, too worked it up. Was, it, the, if you're going to out there, that, laying it all on the line. Power rankings of this week. It was the Malcolm Brogdon trade, and then you messing that up. So there you go. So, um, and the GD. It, oh my goodness! How about that? How, Brian Barrett swore, swore. On my a mother's Sunday. never going to make me dinner again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ma, the meatloaf. Ma, the meatloaf. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, listen, Brian. Excellent job today. All right? Are I you try. Gonna Okay. Are you going to be all right?
1: Yeah, I'm good, man. I got a pregame, and then I got Red Sox review. I'm, a lot of baseball for me today.
0: It, what's the weather like? Because I can tell you, I'm setting the scene here from Wrigley. It is. I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better perfect day. Holy mackerel. Holy yeah,
1: it's mackerel. pretty nice here, too, Rob. I mean, it's 81, and it's sunny out. How could you beat you that?
0: You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in the bleachers. I'm going to put on my jean shorts and I'm going to take my shirt off. You're a George guy? No, I'm just I'm going back. I might get a painter's hat. The old oh, school. old school. I old school. like that, man. Yeah, I like Harry Carey. Harry Carey was probably my age when he was doing that. You going to have an adult soda or two? Eh, eh, who knows? Stories get to be told. Uh, all right, well, Ethan, excellent job behind the glass. Awesome job. Brian Barrett, once again, excellent job. Metric man, give him a follow. Was it? It's at, It's Brian Barrett. It's Brian Barrett on Twitter. Stay humble out there, Brad. Folks. All right, you know what? You stay humble. All right, thanks to everybody here. Get ready. Red Sox pregame, final game regame set here at Wrigley Field. Thanks for listening everybody.